I'm Angela Kinsey from NBC's The Office, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. 1-800-DENTIST, this is Angela. Do you need a checkup and cleaning today, or do you have a specific dental problem? The Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. for another episode of BTB, the Quarantine Edition. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most. Here for your weekly orgasm, guys. And we have another incredible show for you guys from top to bottom, man. I'm really excited about this show. Let's go ahead and introduce, that's right, he is the one and only, he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. The one and only. The one and only. Yeah, thank God. And you know what's <laughs> funny? You're the demotivational speaker. Yes. Also on the panel is the motivational speaker. <laughs> really? Yes, yes, she's a motivator. They say, um, they say opposites attract. Not only is she a motivational speaker, an educator, she's got a new YouTube uh, show uh, that we talked about on, on BTB last time she was on. She's an actress, a singer. The list goes on and on, an all around awesome person, guys. It's yeah. the one and the only Miss Snortles, <laughs> the next <laughs> Meadows. <laughs> you flatter me way too much. I don't know what to do with it. I'm good. We're good. <laughs> Vanessa, it's great to have you on BTV. Thank you. I love being here. So thanks for having me again. Awesome. So I wanted to keep the co-host panel a little smaller than our usual four, a panel of four, because we actually have two special guests that are calling in at the exact same time. They're wow. both a part of this amazing feature film. That's on Amazon Prime. You can catch it uh, right now on Amazon Prime. It's called Inside the Rain. Wow, it's a little bit of a comedy, a little bit of a drama, maybe a dramedy is kind of how it be called. Uh, how it was like called. a it was like a sex film. Um, it has some very sexy moments. Has some very sexy moments. Has a lot of uh, you know uh, tackles drug use and and uh, and mental illness. Yeah. Um, certainly a very yeah, yeah, certainly a very powerful film, um, and um, I'm so happy to have on Below the Belt Show, guys, to announce the writer, director, and star of the film, Aaron Fisher, uh, who plays Ben, as well as the lead actress, 
the beautiful and gorgeous, the sushi girl, uh, <laughs> Ellen Toland, who plays Emma in um, Inside the Rain. That's our special guest for tonight. I'm excited. We're doing actually a two-week promotion of this film on Below the Belt show. We have another big one next week as a part of this film. Happy to announce Below the Belt show next week welcomes acting legend Eric Roberts. We'll be on Below the Belt show next week. So That's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. awesome. <laughs> Julia Roberts' brother. Yes. And, of course, the father of Emma Roberts. Uh, he was good. great in it. I, lo- I really enjoyed his scenes, actually. Yes, yes. A very pivotal role. Mm-hmm. Very pivotal supporting role in that film. So, uh, man, really looking forward to it, guys. Uh, Vanessa, how you been? So I haven't seen you right. in a month or so. Yeah, um, busy, busy, busy with the videos. Um, it's hard to plan ahead because everything's changing so much. And so I'm kind of just having to plan on the fly and record, edit, rest, record, edit, rest. Like it's basically my life right now and it's exhausting, but, um, I'm getting a lot of really good feedback. So, you know, it's keeping me going and, you know, unfortunately, I said before we started, I'm going to have to leave early because I had already shot, filmed, and started editing my next video, but because it had to do more with cabin fever, and we just found out that Hogan, the governor, is reopening a lot of stuff on Friday. That's right. I kind of, I'm going to have to go rework what I just did, re-film and all that stuff, re-edit, so yeah, it's going to be a busy days but well out of curiosity what is um i guess going into phase one that hogan initiate will initiate friday have to do with your project Ooh, um well uh so my the video that i had just done had to do with cabin fever and i know that a lot of people are still going to be self-quarantining even though things are starting to open up but with the transition of starting to be able to go out more and everything, and there's still a lot of fear out there about COVID and, um, and we're going from one extreme to another, there's a lot of changes that people may not be expecting that they may experience in that shock to the system of being alone for so long and then suddenly going out and not anticipating the fact that they may experience issues with stress and anxiety. Um, and so I want to make sure that I cover that before 5 PM on Friday. That way people who do watch the video are more prepared for this new phase. Okay. So it's yeah. uh, definitely um, contingent upon uh, the open. Are you excited about this phase one uh, opening here in Maryland? I, I don't I... want to say I'm excited. I'm okay. happy for the people that are itching to get out. My right. Concern and my focus is for the the people, and I, I fear like it, I, I I'm worried that it might be a lot of people who are not going to abide by what the experts are saying, <laughs> which is still be safe, still take precautions. I right. don't think I really don't see that happening, um, and so my concern is for my own safety going out because I've already been seeing for weeks now people not social distancing, not wearing masks and doing things that I think are inappropriate. So oh, that's definitely. my my worry, you know, yeah. How about you guys? How are you feeling? <laughs> I mean, I I guess uh, phase 1 is a positive thing. I mean, obviously that uh, has to do with retail stores opening up and I think that that's that's a good thing. We you know there's there's certain stores at 50% capacity. At 50% capacity. Yeah. 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 Um 
I'm guessing this doesn't um, apply to restaurants or bars yet. So that does not. No, that's a little further down in the phase. Restaurants are still doing carry out. Um, okay. Um, like hair salons are reopening by appointment only. Hair salons, salons are very important, actually. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> one of that friends has a hair salon. Her and her husband own one. But they they surprised me in such a positive way. Before they were even told they had to shut down, they did. Because they didn't want to spread. You know, it was still really misunderstood yeah. wow, at that time. Wow, they're proactive in closing, huh? Yes, and that's their sole income. Mm. So I was really touched. Um, I felt bad for them that, you know, they've had to go through all of this. So I'm sure they're excited about Friday. Um, but, are you know, they going to open on Friday? Because I know certain salons are probably not going to jump to open on Friday. You know, since I heard about the Hogan thing, I, I haven't reached out to her yet because I just haven't had time. But I would imagine they probably are. Um, when I talked to her the other day, they were actually giving haircuts to police officers. And yeah, first people, responders, yeah. which I thought, oh, it just warmed my soul. Well, they have been allowed to, for like the past, I think, few weeks, um, give haircuts to essential workers. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And that, that, that's something they've been doing. So I don't know. But I hope if they do reopen, just like everybody else, you know, they're able to stay safe, even though the proximity is a little too close for comfort. But that's yeah, right. People, still, if people don't. Business, follow stuff now you know I, i've heard of people going into stores and like they, one of my friends was talking about going to 7-eleven and there were several people in there that didn't have on face masks and the people at the counter would not uh, wait on them really having face masks so, I mean, it says people like i don't know like it's like we're all trying to get through this together and with you know the least number of deaths possible and like some people think that they're like above i guess being like a team player i mean it's, it's for everybody's good you know yeah and, there's yeah, a lot of people that are very vocal about uh, the need to wear masks. And yeah. you know what? Um, do they have older relatives, uh, people they right. love, loved ones that are they're older, you know, or uh, I mean, you know, um, have weaker immune systems that could be affected more so. So there's been people who like, I mm -hmm. mean, even before all this, like just like with the flu and colds or whatever, that people don't take into consideration other people when they're sick. Like, they just don't right. care about it. Like, they'll cough and don't cover their mouth. And, you know, or they'll like. Um, yeah they'll work in the office even though they're sick instead of working from home, you know, and, and spread their flu or whatever they cold or where they have to their coworkers and not even, you know, worry about it. So I'm hoping after all this, even though I have no faith in anybody that at least people will have more, um, people will have more consideration for other people when they're sick and try to like keep them from getting sick. But, you know, I, I don't know. I doubt it, but I, I do feel bad for people also who have like, had their livelihood affected and you know and i know oh, yeah. there's going to be a lot of stores and stuff that are going to end up closing down as a result to all this you know in the upcoming um year yeah despite reopening yeah I like mean, i already heard you... that jc yeah. Penney's is like um closing 200 stores um across the country yeah so, i mean it's really going to hit malls one of my favorite so retailers was um, i think they filed for bankruptcy uh j crew um, yeah. Yes, they yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and even like yeah. even Nordstrom's Nordstrom's in um, Annapolis Mall is closing down. Oh, is no. it really? In August. Yeah, in August. They wow. It's another one of my favorite retailers as well. Problem, yeah. Yeah. Whew, it's going to so be a long be a, road to recovery. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fallout from this. Even you know, Absolutely. not yeah. looking at the deaths. Yeah. Well, let's talk about everything. Uh, how this crisis has affected Hollywood, obviously. Um, so um, so actually, uh, Tribeca is partnering with IMAX and AT&T 
we talked about the drive-in theater making a comeback. This is kind of cool. This yeah. is the tri- I was thinking about the that. The Tribeca Drive-In. Ah! Yeah, an entertainment series that will take place this summer at um, drive-in theaters and other venues across the U.S. Definitely something to look forward to. Um, Robert De Niro, who's the co-founder of, of Tribeca, um, said that we're excited to give people something to look forward to this summer and reinvent a classic movie-going experience for communities to enjoy together safely. That's great. Um, so I know uh, Vanessa and myself have uh, attended Tribeca. We definitely missed it this year. I look yeah. at my Facebook memories and saw my photos. Uh, with really all- right? Yeah, so like photo with Lily Collins, like in the VIP area, like oh my god. Yeah, it's like, it's like right now, um, last year I was in Cuba, which and you you're know, in Cuba. Hard to even travel there, like How um, cool is that? You know, more restrictions, and then plus with the COVID nineteen, you can't even go at all. But yeah, it's real sad to see stuff that you were doing and having fun on on this date in past years. Absolutely. So movie theaters obviously affected. Um, they're doing a contact free technology deployed. In South Korea, um, multiplexes, um, which is considered a new normal. Um, so instead of, um, I guess they're eliminating a lot of the employees as well. Um, oh. So um, human staff will be replaced with AI robots, automated kiosks, and mobile app services. So um, the okay. people no longer need to encounter a human staff member to reserve, pick up, or scan their tickets. Wow. Uh, and snack bars have been replaced with LED controlled pickup boxes, which deliver food items through uh, an app. <laughs> yeah, see, wow. But this, but this sucks because, you know, this is now we're losing jobs to like automation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And this has been the case uh, ever since uh, self-check-in has, has, uh, has been all over different grocery stores. Yeah, and, which I hate using that, but it's like, they don't they don't hire enough um, workers to work the actual registers, you know, in person. Yeah. So then you're kind of forced to kind of push you into these um, self checkouts, which is like, you know, right. as, as in high school, I used to work, um, you know, in a grocery store, working the register. And I thought I was done with that when I quit that job. But now I'm like stuck here <laughs> yeah. now. Like, I can't imagine you at the grocery store register. Yeah. <laughs> I also did that. It was the worst job ever. The worst. <laughs> because you were literally in like a one square foot spot for eight hours and hearing a beep rude people are going by and then you go home like nothing mind numbing it was horrible absolutely horrible (laughs) so over in the uk um they're not going to be opening theaters until july 4th so they kind of set a target date for july 4th i guess no word on um the majority of uh theaters in the u.s um although in texas and georgia they have um started opening opening some of the theaters um but there's also alternatives um alamo draft house cinema chain which popularized in dining in theater dining yeah. is, la- is launching a video on demand platform called alamo on demand um so uh that could be kind of, i guess that, that's kind of cool um um it seems uh you know, a way to um, work around this, uh, this you know, the pandemic right now. Um, in addition, AMC, um, they actually could be an acquisition target for Amazon. I heard that. So, you know That's what? I go to. Yeah, AMC. Yeah, AMC oh, yeah, okay. is a yeah, yeah. choice. 
Cinemark is my theater choice, only because what's of the, the point of the what's the point of the Alamo thing? Like, if you have Amazon, HBO, Netflix, and stuff like that, what would be the point of me spending my money on the Alamo thing? Like, it, is it's it no just going to do new? <laughs> is their point? Well, is they're thinking it's all going to be new releases and that's it? And then it's do you know? So it, it's saying that it will allow uh, the chain the theater mm-hmm. chain of Alamo to extend services beyond its 41 locations and a provided revenue stream while theaters are uh, closed during the pandemic. Um, so basically it's mean? just, yeah, I guess it's just a way for uh, the films that were, I guess, exclusively uh, supposed to be released at um, Alamo draft house, because I mean, there's other films obviously that so, I'm not sure. Do they show but, more indie films, I guess? Because no way, no way they're streaming like um, current releases that aren't on other streaming services. Yeah, right. they do. They do actually have a lot of indie films, but they have a lot of okay. big studio films as well. So, not sure how that one's going to work. But the AMC uh, being acquired by Amazon opens up a lot of doors, obviously with Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, which I'm assuming will be able to get first first dibs on those AMC. Um, you know, I have a mix of emotions about. Amazon, um, if they acquire um, AMC, really, yeah, I, mean, I think it would be a good fit. This, as far as you know, they they could show um, some of their like um, made for um, Amazon Prime movies there, like before they show that on Amazon Prime, and have like a different different like venue to show that. You know, if you want to see it in the theaters, and plus it would save it from going bankrupt. But also, it's like how much can Amazon own, and how much power can they have over stuff? You know, which they right. already like they're already driving out like a lot of the um, brick and mortar stores that they can't are. compete with them now. So like I don't know. I mean they do things really well, but I just think one company having so much power is also a bad thing. Yeah. I mean Disney. that's that's Disney most of America well. <laughs> right now. It's like, yeah. like six six to ten corporations actually basically own everything. Yeah, like like, just, Dis- like Disney and like mm-hmm. Apple. Like even <laughs> down to seeds, you know, like yeah, farming stuff. Oh, like seeds. Yes, like everything's owned by a few people. It's right. just broken up weirdly and called different stuff. Right. So, I mean, it, it is sad about Amazon. Unfortunately, it's nothing new. Well, yeah. it is uh, the, the deep pockets of uh, Jeff Bezos. So, yeah. <laughs> I think if he could save the the, the struggling theater chain, uh, then. And plus, I'm <laughs> afraid of them messing up my A-list um, promotion they have there. It's like $21 a month. You can see three Mm -hmm. movies a week at any format, which is a tremendous deal. It only came about because of um, MoviePass. So, I mean, that's I've I've seen movies this past um, couple years with that that I never would have saw otherwise because, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's it's either you use it or or lose it. So, and it's hard to see any more than three movies a week, anyways. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really curious uh, what Cinemark will do when they reopen because, as you know. Uh, Screen Actors Guild uh, got tickets uh, through uh, that particular theater chain. I'm wondering if they have to change that right. due to lost revenue from this pandemic. So we'll have to uh, wait and see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Broadway's also affected, guys. Um, apparently, they've confirmed that uh, Broadway will not um, continue at all this summer. Um, um, so they're offering refunds and exchanges for performances through September 6th. So they will remain dark over mm. the summer all the broadway productions man i love them. i'm so glad i got to see a couple uh plays uh this year earlier this year um 
before all this went down. Yeah, yeah I saw Wicked like right before this happened. Um, yeah, exactly, Lost right. Which I was glad I got to see. Yeah. But you got to figure out all the lost revenue. My God, and it's, you yeah. know, all the actors who that's their career. And well, um, I actually, so I was cast in a show that ended up getting pushed to October. I just got word we had one rehearsal after oh, wow. Vita. Yeah, after Vita, right before like everything shut down, and even that yeah. was uncomfortable, but. You know, um, so we weren't sure what was going to happen. They were sort of waiting to hear and figure out, like, what the future would bring. Um, and then I just auditioned for Sound of Music on Monday, I think. Oh, wow. Um, That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. And I was really looking forward to it. But I was also like, well, what is that going to look like? Because how are we going to be able to rehearse? Are we going to rehearse on Zoom? And then come August, when the shows actually occur... Will it be safe enough to actually do the shows? You know, because I'm right. the show must go on. That's me. So if you want to rehearse via Zoom, if you want to send me the blocking, and then we'll do it Hell Week leading up to it. Uh, but they what ended is up. What that music? Got, is that like a special you're gonna have that's gonna like, like a like a musical version on TV of that or what? No, no, it was just a theater. Oh, uh, play, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, you know, what what will that look like? But right. I got word yesterday, or no, the day before yesterday, that they're just gonna wait and push it to 2021. So, wow, until 2021. Yeah, and wow, I have cry a lot during this experience, but that made me like almost cry, really. Wow. Yeah, wow. because I want to work like, yeah. like you guys. I know all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that we really miss is our Comic Cons. Oh, so no. this, yeah. So San Diego Comic Con um, was already um, canceled for the entire year. They actually just announced that they're going to do a Comic Con at home. Um, okay. So yeah, so it's got I guess a video conferencing that will be viewed on the Comic Con's website and YouTube page, and free versions of the panels that would have taken place at the convention center. That's pretty So cool. obviously San Diego Comic-Con has the biggest panels of some of the biggest movies, very, right. very centered um, in the genre of superheroes and anything comic book related, sci-fi, fantasy, mm -hmm. all the big Marvel movies, all the big DC movies. Um, they have their panels at uh, the San Diego Comic-Con as they do in New York Comic-Con, which is, I consider the second biggest uh, Comic-Con. Um, so this will be a good way uh, doing Comic-Con at home. Um, so we're, uh, excited to, do, uh, to, um, at least see that, um, right. that iteration of the Comic-Con, um, as far as like production resuming, um, obviously we want to get back on set as, as you want to get back on stage and all of us want to be, wor uh, start working again. Tyler Perry, I believe I'm reading here is going to be, I guess, one of the first productions to resume in the U S. Wow. Um, yep. Um, well, they announced that they want to start in July. So that's a little more two months away. Um, two of his um, shows, Sisters, <laughs> will start on July 8th, and The Oval will start on July 28th. Um, so, um, yeah, he owns his own uh, soundstage, as you know, in Atlanta. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought you were going to say that he was going to do, like, a Medea um, gets coronavirus or something. Like, new movie. <laughs> yeah. The... I'd watch that. <laughs> How do you think Medea would handle the COVID-19? Like, like a trooper. She would do fine with it. <laughs> like a boss. Like a boss. Yeah, yeah. Um, Czech Republic announced uh, last 
Thursday that the film and TV shoots can resume production immediately. And Falcon and Winter Soldier was actually shot in the Czech Republic. Really? So that means that I think they can probably start shooting soon in the Czech Republic. So certain countries that are not as impacted by COVID-19 are the ones that will um, luckily resume production. So. I mean, it's gonna awesome. be so nice to sit in a theater again and watch a big blockbuster, you know, like watch like a huge Marvel movie or, you know, watch like Top Gun 2 or like Ghostbusters and stuff. Like it's gonna be great when that comes back because I mean, I, th- I think a lot of the stuff that people took for granted, you know, mm-hmm. for for years, you know, really like we really saw what we, how much cool stuff we had to do when yeah. all that was stripped away for months and there was nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel movies, Chachi. Um, Marvel the New Mutants uh, Fox Marvel movie before uh, Kevin Feige pretty much uh, bought all the Fox properties, which included all the mutants, X-Men, Fantastic Four. Um, Talk about a movie. This movie was ready to drop, uh, I think, in 2017. (laughs) They actually had their first trailer in 2017, and then it's been pushed uh, from April 13th, 2018. That was the original release date. Then to February 22nd of last year in 2019, to August of 2019, and then to April of this year, and now they're going to have to, um, and now they're actually announcing that it will be August 28th of this year. It's finally, <laughs> finally going to get released. They did not, you know what? Okay. Disney Plus, I mean, this film is three years old. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that this film, I guess they really want to try to make some money, but. This movie easily could have been on Disney Plus and made a, um, a killing on it. Um, I mean, it's probably not that good if they keep pushing it back so much. I mean, if it was, um, if it was great, I think it, was, it would have came. I mean, you think it's really that? that um, I think it was timing. I think, I think it was just bad timing, man. I mean, Maybe. you know, the cast is great. I mean, you have Maisie Williams, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, yeah. Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things. You have Anya. Cast, yeah. Yeah, Anya Taylor Joy. She's great from uh, Split and Glass. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, that, that's it's about five young mutants uh, discovering their abilities while being held in a secret facility against their will. So um, looks good yeah, from the from the trailer, at least. Trail looks fantastic. Yeah. So I'm not sure what's going on with that man. It's crazy, but um, actually, New Zealand they have some of the lowest reported cases of COVID. Um, so because of that, they're going to uh, resume production on Avatar two and three. James Cameron's uh, much amp- anticipated sequels of uh, of the sci-fi film that a lot of people forgot about because the right. last was released in 2009. I uh. can't re- I can't recall any of the character names from Avatar. That's how long it's been. Like it's Avatar. You know. <laughs> the weirdest film ever. Like, is that still number? Yeah. One? It's not number one anymore, right? No, you get, no. You got bumped yeah. by Avengers, right? It got bumped by Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, one, Avatar yeah. was number one for so many years, but it's a movie that nobody talks about or, or you know, like, there's, there's no, like, fanboys of Avatar. Like, you know, <laughs> there is, like, very uh, little. Like, is it, it because it was mostly, like, a visual, right. excite, exciting kind of movie? It wasn't that's necessarily 3D. the plot. Yeah, right. it was technology that went into it, so that's probably why. Yeah, you're right. I can't, I can't name one single character in the movie. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they're movies, you know, you have t-shirts and stuff, and, like, you know, you know all the characters, but I can't, like, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like it's never really existed. It's weird. Absolutely right, Shachi. 
In other movie news, guys. Uh, Titanic stuff. I mean, that was number one. People still quote it to this day. You know, the, Titanic. People still quote it. That's, that was the number number, one. that's now the number three movie now. Right? Yeah, that was right? number one for a long time, too. And like, I, um, I watch it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's classic. But then somehow Avatar beat it, and nobody ever talks about Avatar. Yeah. So Stephen King, um, his 2014 novel Revival is his latest book coming to the big screen. Um, Mike Flanagan with the Towson University uh, is on board to adapt the script with an option to direct. Oh, that's, that's um, another asshole there. <clears throat> Who? It's, a, it's another asshole there. Why? Uh, Mike Flanagan? I don't like anybody successful that went to my school. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hater. <laughs> so it's Stacey Keebler, Amy Schumer, yeah, and uh, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Those are the three from. Well, look, how about UMBC, my alma mater? We had um, Duff, uh, the the Charm City Cakes uh, yeah. guy, oh, okay. Kathleen Turner. Um, Kathleen Turner. Was there? Yeah, I know there's a few more. Al Soto, I've heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> no. We've had a, we've had a few, uh, but yeah, Duff Goldberg, one of the bigger. Uh, yeah, every big... every big star at that school pushes me down the list even further. <laughs> sons of bitches. And my Chamelin, if you haven't checked out Servant, check it out. You'll see me in uh, episode ten, the finale of season one. Anyways, uh, he's going to go back to films, an untitled movie at Universal. Um, it's untitled. Um, but he's got some of the actors already announced for uh, the film. Um, sort of unknowns. I really haven't heard of them. Eliza Scanlon and Thomason McKenzie, Aaron Pierre, Alex Wolf. Um, this is a top secret project, as you know, most of M.I. Chamlin's films are very top secret. Always a big twist. Yeah. Always. Uh, he's, yeah. he's really hit or miss. Like Sometimes he's great, <laughs> and sometimes he's like, uh. Yeah, no, like, that's. That's a fair assessment. Like I, said, I think he really dropped the ball with um, with um, Glass. Glass. He dropped the ball big time with that. But I think but the he, other two movies were great in that trilogy. Yes, I, I Unbreakable and uh, Split. Yeah, well, I thought both were yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, have you have you tuned into Servant yet, Chachi? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> put that on your to watch list. <laughs> right. It's it's down there near the bottom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need your support. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, so Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and Emily Blunt are reteaming for another film. I guess they can't get enough of each other. Uh, they they worked on The Jungle Cruise, which is going to be out in July of 2021. And now they're working on another film called Ball and Chain. Um, it's an adaptation of a 90s comic book. And it follows a married couple going through relationship turmoil who also have superpowers. But they only work properly when they're together. Interesting. That's so if they're, if they're split up, the powers don't work. Yeah. They have to be a cohesive unit. <laughs> uh, kind of like the Wonder Twins. The Wonder Twin powers activate. Yeah. Kind of I think, rely I think on he'll be. I think he'll be president one day. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> I do. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, he's so charismatic, such a hard worker. I think, I mean, he's going to do... He has to want it, though. Everything he wants to do with movies, I think he'll accomplish. And then I think he'll want to get into politics. <laughs> and I hope he doesn't, because I, I don't want to see like half the country like hate him, no matter whatever side he picks to be on. But That's a I, think, That's a good I think he definitely could rally everybody around him. If he wants to retire eventually. Yeah. I was hoping Oprah would want to run this year. 
She'd be a popular uh, choice. Maybe um, Biden sh- uh, should consider Oprah as, as his running mate. <laughs> I don't know. She wants it. I she don't. Want it. Yeah. I don't think so. No. It's too bad, it's, but whatever. Yeah, why would she? I mean, she's already rich. You know, she already has everything she wants. Like, right. Well, I don't think it would be about money for her. I mean, I really, truly believe she has a good heart compared to a lot of other people. So for her to run, it would be to make change. You you can't have a good heart and be in politics. I think you can. You'll get (laughs) apart, like, with the media and your opponents, and half the country would just hate you no matter what. Well, having a good heart is your weak. You know? I don't think you're weak, but I'm saying, like, it's... You can take it. She can take it. I'm sure she can take it after all the crap she's been through. Being an African-American in the era that she was when she was having to work so hard. And yeah. I think she could do it. <laughs> she can do it, but uh, she, it's, it's a, it takes a toll on you. Imagine having everything oh, yeah. in your background picked It'll apart. It'll stress you. It'll like, you. Yeah. yeah. That's and even if you're perfect, they'll make up lies about you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You got to have some thick skin. Yeah. Thick on that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so uh, Rock's buddy, Kevin Hart, is also doing a superhero movie a comedy called night wolf um interesting um i love him another superhero type of, yeah kevin hart is awesome man he's just a, um, such a good guy yeah so this is interesting so it follows hart's character meeting his future father-in-law for the first time only to discover he is secretly the superhero known as the night wolf okay <laughs> 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 another fun film and I know you really like this guy lately because he's hosting a lot of cool panels. You're like, Josh Gad is also going to be uh, tackling on um, the genre of science fiction uh, for a film called Moonfall. Um, centers of, um, on a mysterious force knocking the moon from its orbit around Earth. Send, sends it on a collision course with life as we know it. Oh, my. Okay. This is um, 2020? Um. No, I mean it takes place 2020. Good question. I want to doubt um, it. Like if if next month they're like, oh the the Earth is gonna, I mean the um, Moon's gonna collide into us, I'll be like, okay, that's about right. Well, he co-wrote the script in 2012. Yeah, he co-wrote the script in 2012, so I guess it's really up to him whatever uh, timeline. Yeah, I'm saying how place. messed up stuff is nowadays. Like I want to, but I doubt it was 2020. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, let's see. Um. Oh, one of my favorites, Rachel Brosnan. I love Rachel. House of Cards and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, a new film called The Switch, based on the novel of the same name. Uh, the novel is about a 29-year-old consultant and her 79-year-old grandmother who decide to swap lives, including cell phones, for two months after a series of personal setbacks. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So they aren't actually it. switching bodies, right? Is this... No, it's like, not like a freaking... It's not like a Freaky Friday. Maybe yeah. just like an identity thing, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I always enjoy the Switch and Bodies movies. I don't know why. Yeah? The Hot Girl with Rob Schneider? Was that one of your favorites? Yeah, what like... was your favorite Switching Body movie? Oh, I don't know. There's so many of them. <laughs> there, were, there were a bunch in the 80s. Like, people were always switching bodies in the 80s, it seemed like. <laughs> that was, that one, that was, was that one with like, Kirk Cameron? He switched bodies with his dad. It's always a lot of hijinks that happens when they switch bodies. But yeah. mostly, mostly in the 80s? Not too much yeah. for that? Okay. Mostly in the 80s, yeah. Okay. Uh, trailer just dropped for The King of Staten Island. Pete Davidson. I know you love Pete Davidson, Chachi. <laughs> 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 no, I know you don't like him. But, uh, you know, 
the trailer looks kind of good, you know? It, it's almost, um, seems like it's biographical, um, because it's um, about the death of his father. And as you know, Pete Davidson's father actually died uh, on 9 11, if you didn't know. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't he like a cop or something? Yeah. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah, wow. He went to the World Trade Center? Yeah, he worked. Yeah. yeah. And I believe he was a firefighter. And, and Firefighter, okay. Yeah, and the King of Staten Island is about never getting over the death of his firefighter father. Wow. And then he spends his time smoking weed and drawing tattoos and living with his mother. Um, so I really think, yeah, it sounds, it really sounds like it's uh, almost biographical. Um, yeah. It's produced by Judd Apatow. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of interesting. That's probably um, going to be good, yeah. Let's check it out, man. He's he's you know, proving proving his uh, acting chops beyond SNL. That's for sure. I know you also love Elizabeth Moss, Chach. Uh, she's going to star Elizabeth Moss. Who's that? Handmaid's Tale. She was in The Visible Man, the lead. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> she stars as a fictionalized version of renowned horror writer Shirley Jackson in a new film called Shirley. Uh, trailer just dropped for that. Looks pretty cool. She's really great in the horror genre. Elizabeth mm. Moss is brilliant. Um, definitely, definitely great with that. Um, so, yeah, we mentioned virtual gatherings. Uh, Back to the Future had one. Chachi, I know you're excited to talk about this one. Um, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, um, along with Leah Thompson, Mary Steenburgen, and even Elizabeth Shue. Um um, joined uh, via Zoom um, to talk on Josh Gad's um, YouTube series, Re- uh, Reunited Apart. Well, what did you think? I know you're a big Back to the Future fan, Josh. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite movie out of it's all the, the movies. the best one in the 80s, I think. The best yeah. 80s movie. Well, yeah, your last yeah. name is McFly, so. That's true. Sense. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like Back to the Future, my first favorite, and then Goonies is my second favorite. So it's kind of cool that he has done both those movies already um than these panels i i thought it was better in some ways than the goonies one because it was a smaller um, panel so there was more questions i felt like the goonies one a lot of their answers were cut off like really quick yeah but then i was also disappointed that some of the bigger names that i wanted to see on the panels for um, back to the future um didn't do it like i was really hoping that um tom wilson who played biff would have um did the panel which Mm -hmm. he he was really against all doing. He was really against doing Back to the Future stuff in recent, um, you know, probably since the movie. He got he got burned out on it. But lately, wait a minute. You said Tom. Year. You said Tom Wilson. Don't you mean yeah. um, don't you mean the actor that played McFly's father? No. Okay, because I know he he had some issues with the film ever since they used another actor. Um, yeah. Like, um, my mind is blank in Chachi. What was the actor's name that played um? Uh, Martin McFly's uh, father, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover, that's it. Yes. Oh yeah, Crispin. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He he sued um, the film um, for. Yeah, he he wanted more money to do um, Back mm-hmm. to the Future too. He wanted right. to get paid the same amount that um, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and stuff got paid, which I thought was crazy because they had a huge role in, in part yeah. two. Uh, and it wasn't really his story in part two. I mean, his story was part one, and part two was more yeah. about Michael, Michael J. Fox. So, yeah, like, no, absolutely. So he turned it down, and they used his likeness. They found like kind of like almost like a stunt double guy to look look like um to play um George McFly in part two. So then well, they actually used prosthetics. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to make him look yeah. like him. So he didn't really look a lot like him, but yeah, I guess so a similar didn't build. Any royalties yeah. or whatever for that, so then he sued and won. Yeah. But ever since then, he has had nothing to do with Back to the Future. Right. Which I so, thought that I didn't expect for him to do it, but I, I was hoping somehow he would like get over that and patch things up and do this panel at least for yeah. charity. But um, Thomas F. Wilson is the one that played on um, Biff, and he right. went years. He was a, a comedian also, and he like had this funny stand-up bit where he kind of answers all the questions that he gets asked a million times about Back to the Future. So he did it kind of like in a song, answering these questions because <laughs> he gets answered this. He gets asked the same exact questions. Same questions all the time, right? About the, about the manure, was it real, and like all kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. he went a lot, a lot of years not doing anything, uh, you know, any kind of panels or nothing back to the future. But then the past few years, he started doing comic cons, and actually like um, did a trip out to um, Texas. I saw he was going to be at one of the comic cons, and I planned a whole road trip around that nice. to um, see Texas and also see him. But I figured he would do this one since he's been doing Back to the Future stuff, but he didn't do it. And it would, it would be nice to see um, Goldie Wilson, the guy that played Goldie Wilson, and um, um, Marvin Barry, who um, was a good guitarist. That would have been nice to see them, well, too. Well, like you said, there's not a lot of time, so I'm sure yeah. it's all about getting the main people on. They should, but they should this, just do it for an hour, that, I think. But. <laughs> Can I ask you a quick question? Have you guys talked about Upload yet? You've probably talked about Upload, right? Upload? Um, yeah, I heard it's good. It just got renewed for a second season. Yeah, Did I you haven't checked it? it out, but we've we've talked about it on the show. I think it's a really cool concept. It's an excellent concept. The only reason I'm bringing yeah. it up is because it reminds me of Back to the Future and yeah. all of the futuristic ideas. Okay, yeah, the, I I have yet to watch really it. I've cool. seen the trailer. The trailer looks. What is good. that on? It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. is it Amazon? Okay, Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah. Is it it's just good. one season or is it a movie? It's a, it's, it's a series. It's, yeah. yeah. Just got renewed for a second season. Yeah. Yep. So, so like one of the biggest questions about on this panel was about doing like a sequel. Right, they talked about you know, it. Or yeah. a reboot or whatever. But of course, like um Bob Gale and like Robert um Zemeskit. Um, how do you say his last name? Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis? Yeah. Zemeckis, yes. Robert <laughs> well, um, they, they're both adamantly against it and they won't yeah. um do any more sequels or do any reboots or whatever um, as long as they're alive, which I'm like, finding somebody with integrity because well, they can make a shitload of money by doing could. like a sequel or whatever, but it's never going to be as good, you know, and people would only want to see um, Michael J. Fox and um, Christopher Lloyd do it, but they're, both of them, I think, aren't in, aren't able to do a, a, a long movie like that anymore anyways. Well, yeah, but uh, with Michael J. Fox battling Parkinson's and, yeah. You know, Christopher Lloyd is no spring chicken anymore. Yeah. But um, but you know what's up? Uh, the Christopher Lloyd did say that he pitched a clever crossover with um, Rick and Morty. <laughs> I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Love Rick and Morty. Uh, the second half of uh, the fourth season is on now. If you guys want to check it out, um, there's some inf- inspiration, but it's definitely a completely different type of show. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, a lot of these reunion panels are happening, Chach. Um, I guess a lot of People are getting wind of, of these reunions being a big hit. And, of course, you know, this is a good way to for things to happen during all this craziness going oh, on yeah. in the world. Um, BBC America announced that the cast of Orphan Black will reunite for a virtual two-episode table reading, which oh, will be so – Yeah. Cool. It will be on the series' official Facebook page uh, on May 17th. So if you're a fan, check it Why, out. Was that show um, canceled or, or what? Um, you know, it's yeah, it's it's already done, but it had a good run. And Tatiana Maslany, um, 
So what are they, are they reading wants. a new episode, or are they just reading a, an old they're, episode? They're just uh, doing a reunion, and they're going to read two episodes. So just kind of a, a way to get the cast together. Mm-hmm. They're going to read, read, read um, previous episodes. Yeah, two, um, yeah, the virtual two-episode table reading. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they're doing like a new, like a new one or something. I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, people, you know, the fans have really wanted it. Definitely critically acclaimed. I never got into it, though. But Vanessa, have you seen Orphan Black? No. No. I heard, I heard it's great. Mm-hmm. Chachi, I know you're an Office fan. So uh, John Krasinski actually brought a dozen castmates from The Office to throw a virtual wedding for a Maryland couple. How cool is that? That's awesome, yeah. Uh, on, on his weekly Life in Quarantine YouTube show, Some Good News. Uh, yeah, so um, so Krasinski uh, was on live video conference, and uh, he off- officiated the virtual nuptials, and then he wow. introduced Jenna Fisher uh-huh. as Susan's maid of honor, and country singer Zach Brown, who performed a, a yet-to-be-released song. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Another. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised sh- about The Office. Like, It seems like it's just as popular as ever you know yeah. especially with like these yes. um these younger kids are watching it and it's like billy eilish this humor, loves it, I heard. It, yeah this is not like 2020 humor i mean this is really inappropriate humor and i figure it like not why today i don't right think. i figure the people Definitely who are watching not. it you you think that it, you know stereotypically are the people who get offended by everything right but right but i think there's a real market of people who are tired of um you know people getting offended over everything yeah you right, have to allow people to be people yeah, yeah. Yes. i mean i Thank totally you. understand exactly. the mindset i really do because you don't want to be offensive to people but at the right. same time you can't vilify people for not living up to your own standards well, of what it's a comedy you know oh yeah and it's pointing out what's ridiculous like the purpose you know? and i think that's why it's still kosher for mm-hmm. reruns and stuff because it was so bad it was obvious that they were right fun of right, right. stupid <laughs> shit you should not Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Right. You know, so it's yep. it's I love it. I think it's a great show. Right, no one's saying like, oh Michael Scott, you're right about the stuff, the crazing stuff you're saying or doing. <laughs> like it's kinda of like he's like the he's the joke of it, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh they're doing the same thing with uh community on NBC. Donald Glover, Joel McHale, um Yvette Nicole Brown, Allison Bree. Um they're gonna do a virtual table read and fan Q and A. And this one's going to benefit COVID-19 relief efforts. So that's, that's going to awesome. be on May 18th. Awesome, man. And another one with Pretty Little Liars getting together for a virtual reunion uh, this Friday, oh. May 15th. Um, awesome. So the original cast will be back together. Of course, Troy and Belisario, Ashley Benson, Shane Mitchell. Um, I didn't see Lucy Hale's name here, surprisingly. I wonder why. Um. All right, Chachi, one of our favorite fandoms is Star Wars. Oh, my gosh, I'm excited to announce. And you know how I love things that tie in together. Tamura Morrison will be returning to The Mandalorian Season 2. He played Jango Fett in the prequels. And as you know, he's a clone. So Boba Fett, who was his son will grow up to look exactly like Tamira Morrison did, Django Fett did, in, um, you know, as an older, as an older Boba Fett. Um, I love it because it brings an yeah. original cast member back, ties it in. Um, and he aged appropriately since mm-hmm. the prequels. 
Um, yeah. So it'll work pretty well. Um, and um, yes, um, it also confirms that Boba Fett is alive, guys. He survived the Sarlacc pit, which you hardcore Star Wars fans, of course, know that because of the the canon novels, you know, mention it. But for more casual fans that don't read the, the graphic novels or the books or whatever, um, may not have known. But this confirms that Boba Fett somehow escaped the jaws of that nasty, disgusting Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. Well, um, it never made sense to me, even as a kid, wow. that he died. <laughs> so that's what we had, have to find out is how he had the but pack on his back he could have flew out of that big mouth and not exactly you know, i eaten. think it, it is the jetpack he does have a jetpack as you know some of the it's other really, villains putting in star wars dies unless you see them die mm-hmm. and see their body and even yeah. then they can still come even back. then they can come that's it, like every sci-fi show yeah. or yep. soap opera and you saw that with darth maul who got sliced in half in episode one yeah. You know, he came he came back in the Clone Wars and then also came back in a uh, solo um, Star Wars story. So there you go. And um, so, in the too, right? Um, uh, Darth Maul, I don't know. You know what? Um, I That's think I read. Let me make sure. You know what? I think Chachi, I think spoiler alert, but there's another animated series called Rebels. Rebels takes place in between episodes three and four. And I believe and it's, I believe, also after Solo, but before um, Return of the Jedi. And I believe, I believe that um, Darth Maul is is killed somewhere in that timeline. Yeah. So that means he won't be in the Mandalorian. It's saying. Um, um, it's are you seeing? Are you seeing otherwise? That he's going to appear in, in some kind of capacity. Okay. Um, unless the unless the rebels, uh, the rebels series takes place after Mandalorian, I have to double check that. But I I do Darth recall. Darth Maul reportedly cameo in the Mandalorian season three. In season three, not season two. Yeah, season oh, three. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. So I know Rebels takes place between episodes uh, six and seven, between Return of the Jedi. And the Force Awakens, Chachi. So yeah, um, if the Mandalorian, which also takes place in between those two films, that probably takes place before Rebels. So okay, well, if, know, if that's the case, then the Mandalorian is doing it correct, like what we said before, that they're absolutely like, they're taking the stuff that you love about Star Wars and they're expanding the universe on that. Unlike the other series that we, um, they said they announced that has nothing to do with Star Wars, they said that it's, it's yeah, nothing. So that's Leslie like, Headland from yeah. Russian Doll. She's developing a female-centric um, Star Wars uh, series um, that's going to be very different, you know, from what we've seen. Um, you Star know. Wars has this amazing universe already that's been built upon for like 30 years, 40 years, 40 years, and like, um, you know, there's so much stuff you can use from that to expand upon. Like, I don't see why just trying to trash everything that's already done and not tied to anything. Well, you know, I mean, this, this is rumors. I mean, when we say trash, we, we really don't know. Which is, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot, you know? Um, yeah, I'll so, give it a shot. Well, we all got to give it a shot. Also on The Mandalorian, um, other, other breaking news, that Battlestar Galactica star, and she was actually in um, Star Wars Rebels and The Clone Wars. She, she voiced the character of Bo Catton Cures, who is a Mandalorian warrior. And um, 
the actress that voiced the character in the animated series will be the live action version oh, of cool. uh, Bo-Katan Cruz. And that's uh, Katie Sackhoff will be joining Mandalorian season two. So pretty exciting news. And uh, Mandalorian, thank God, Chachi had completed filming before all this happened. So um, October oh, they already finished season two. Filming? They already they already wrapped season two, so all awesome. this, good. All the post production has to take place now. Yep. Chachi, so, is that a bubblegum machine? It might be. You want some gum? <laughs> <laughs> bubblegum in it though, right? Or is there? There is, there is gum in it. Yes. I can't tell because it's it's blurry. There's there's that, and there's like a <laughs> picture of me and um. Ah! There. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. There he is. On my desk behind me. That's yeah. fabulous. Okay, sorry. <laughs> now we'll go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, also on Disney Plus, I'm curious what you guys think about this one, a national treasure um, series on Disney Plus based on the movies. As you know, this is uh, Jerry Bruckheimer who produced both the original National Treasure and Book of Secrets, a sequel. Um, I like the idea. I don't know if it's going to be good. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's like... I don't know. Is there more information on it? Do you know more? Yeah. So, okay. So, um, it will be, uh, the latest adaptation of the film series. So I think this will still honor the previous films. Um, that's good. Well, yeah. Any of the previous actors, um, didn't announce yet, but they said this one will have also a much younger cast. So I guess they're going to include, um, some, new cast members uh, as well as some of the original ones kind of like cobra kai yeah. so i'm definitely all about to see that. Nick cage in there at least some kind of cameo yeah i'm sure just like the mighty ducks you know they're do- redoing the mighty ducks and uh amelia stevis already confirmed that he will be a part of that disney plus um series so um disney plus also getting to the horror genre they're going to adapt rl stein's just beyond graphic novels it's a uh Horror comedy anthology series. So that should be pretty cool. cool. Um, and. They're going um, to be standalone episodes, right? It's an anthology series. So anthology could either be the entire series is one or they could be standalone episodes. Because, um, you know, American Horror Story, their anthology, mm-hmm. for every season. It's the same story. one I read about um, this past week. It said that it was going to be standalone episodes. Okay. So, um, it's like self-contained ones, kind of like the, kind of like the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Well, okay. So it's a four-issue supernatural series from Boom Studios. So, um, oh, this is this is just beyond. This is uh, another another project. But um, I think yeah. I think it's good anyways because Ryan Murphy can't finish a series worth of shit for American Horror Story. I mean, so many <laughs> times it starts off great and he just goes in like some kind of yeah. crazy directions. And it, I think if, I feel like he has no idea of how to fill up the um, was it 12 episodes he does? Yeah, yeah it gets I, I really felt, weird. Yeah. I felt that with, yeah. um, with Apocalypse. I finished that yeah. one. I haven't, I haven't started 1984 yet. That's still on yeah, my it was that same with 1984, too. Okay. It's still, still on my watch list. but uh, I still watch them, and I, I still enjoy it for what it is, but it's not like a series I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait until American Heartbeat comes on. I mean, yeah. like the first, I, th- I thought the first couple, mm-hmm. um, the, the first three seasons I thought were really good. I guess I'll skip ahead to the um, American Heart Story news that i have they're going to expand um with a spinoff called american horror stories plural okay it's, it's um, probably what i was thinking about then yeah okay so um 
Yeah, you might have confused that with, you know, I did. with this one. Yeah. So, um, see, these will be self-contained episodes. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's, um, busy. he's busy at least working on these damn yeah. series. <laughs> oh, yeah, on Disney Plus. This is kind of exciting. They're actually going to... Um, they, they moved up the, the live uh, onstage production of Hamilton. Um, and it will be on Disney Plus now. Hamilton was one of those productions that I've always wanted to go to, but the tickets were so damn expensive. Right. So that was one of the, <laughs> sadly, one of the productions that eluded me. Um, even when they made their regional run, um, the tickets are still <laughs> crazy. Um, but yes, finally get to see Hamilton with the original cast with Lin-Manuel Miranda on Disney Plus. And um, that's going to be in July 3rd. Yeah, this so. is going to like get huge ratings oh god i'm the same way as you i always wanted to just check it out see what all the hype is about but um never got tickets you saw, you saw 250 dollars for a show you're like yeah eh. yeah <laughs> or more sometimes yeah i always played that lottery that hamilton lottery hoping that one day i would get the free tickets or it's did. like tickets for ten dollars it never did <laughs> no. netflix as king right now guys tons of new project for netflix one involving um, filmmaker David Ayer will write a direct adaptation of the novel Six Years. Um, that's going to be a big project. Also, for you rom-com fans, Reese Witherspoon will be starring in two romantic comedies exclusively for Netflix called Your Place or Mine and The Cactus. She's also going to be yeah. producing these projects through her Hello Sunshine production company. Um <laughs> Your Place or Mine centers are on two long-distance best friends who change each other's lives when one decides to pursue a lifelong dream and the other volunteers to keep an eye on a friend's teenage son. Huh. Interesting. Um, wow, more comic book adaptations, guys. Um, Netflix ordered, ordered a series adaptation of the comic book Sweet Tooth. This is the Vertigo um, comic book series, which is... Um, the division of DC it was more of the darker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will be an eight-episode drama. Um, and Sweet Tooth will star your boy James Brolin of Goonies fame, Chachi, along with uh, Will Forte and Christian Convery. Interesting. Josh, Thanos. Josh Brolin? Oh, I'm sorry. James Brolin is not Josh Brolin. James is his dad, isn't he? I told, It I, might be. I, yeah, James Brolin, so. James Brolin is Josh Brolin's dad. You're right. His dad's still uh, alive. Wow. Yeah. His dad's 79. Yeah, James is still around. Yeah. So, um, it's actually going to be produced by Robert Downey Jr.'s team, Downey. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, his real name's his real name's Craig Kenneth Bruderlin. Oh, really? Well, he was born as yeah. It's oh. a totally different name. <laughs> um, sorry, really quickly, I haven't been looking at myself, and I just caught a glimpse. Am I too washed out? Am I too bright? No. It's good. Great. Okay. Yeah. Like I set up the lighting. I sat down. And then the <laughs> well, your your, your so. porcelain your porcelain skin matches the wall, but <laughs> yeah, well, blend right. Lo- I'm see through. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. It's lovely. Okay. It's the quarantine. quarantine. <laughs> there's there's no sun in the quarantine. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Netflix ordered Clark, a drama series about a Swedish criminal, who will be portrayed by Bill Skarsgård of It Chapter Two, and cool, It Chapter cool. One. Six episode steer, uh, series. Um, that should be cool. Okay, and also Netflix. Um, 
they're going to be releasing more documentaries with the success of Tiger King. I guess they got to do the documentaries, of course. Uh, they just dropped the trailer for Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, a docuseries from uh, director Lisa Bryant. It's a four-part series. Um, yeah, which basically examines Epstein's crimes through first-hand accounts from uh, the accusers. Um, so, as you know, he was arrested in 2019 and accused of abusing women and underage girls for decades, assembling a network of enablers, yeah. um, which apparently had rumored high-profile names that are some were shocking, but yeah. they haven't been proven or disproven, so I guess we can't really say. They just happened to be in his Rolodex. And then he committed um, suicide. Allegedly. Apparently. Yes, Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what that's not what Jick, Vic, uh, G, Ricky Gervais says in the Golden Globes uh, monologue. Right. <laughs> I love his show Afterlife, by the way. It's such a great dark humor um, series. Only six episodes. I highly, highly recommend it, guys. It's it's um it'll make you laugh, make you cry. It made me laugh so hard I was hurting. <laughs> uh, some of the jokes are just so funny. Like you oh. get that painful feeling in your stomach. Oh, I wish I'd been there for that. Yeah, a lot of great shows on right now. Give it, please, uh, if you could, please give Afterlife a shot. Um, it's just right. brilliant. We need to give um, give the Outer Banks a shot. Um, yes. Love it. Okay, I'll watch Outer Banks. You check out Afterlife. All right. We'll compare notes. <laughs> I'm watching, uh, watching the Last Dance um, documentary right now. Yeah, the Last Dance documentary. A lot of people are talking about that one, right? Jordan documentary. That is on Netflix. What is this? No, it's on ESPN. Oh, what it is on ESPN. About? It's just about the whole like it's like the last season. The uh, Chicago Bulls Michael. were together with um, Michael Jordan and like Scottie Pippen and um, um and then basically going back in time and showing about the whole like how Jordan got started and like his whole career and like the whole career of him with the bulls yeah and I, like Dennis rodman and everybody like it, it's really well done and it, it talks okay. about when um, jordan's father got um shot and killed yeah really interesting documentary yeah. a lot of people are talking and saying great things about it so i have to check it out definitely something i um should add um so seth rogan and sarah silverman will be uh um producing an animated series an adult animated series called santa incorporated Interesting. Uh, so this will be a Christmas type of uh, uh, series. Um, and um, it follows Candy Smalls, the highest ranking female elf in the North Pole, when the successor to Santa Claus is poached by uh, poached on Amazon. What? Poached by Amazon? What? Okay. Uh, can't, Candy <laughs> goes for her ultimate dream to become the first woman Santa Claus in the history of Christmas. Okay, interesting. I bet uh, she makes it. <laughs> but no one knows Christmas like two um, Jewish people. Right! That's the whole comedy of it. It's like right. when Koki sings Christmas carols, you know, it's pretty funny. Oh, that's my it's favorite. Koki's Jewish. Uh, <laughs> that's a very good point, Chad. They're both Jewish. <laughs> and they're doing an adult anime series about Christmas. <laughs> HBO Max has given a pilot production order for a reboot of the 80s sitcom head of the class interesting uh, i never really got into head of the class it was in the 80s um it was kind of like a bwo version of saved by the bell um even though it, it that aired earlier than saved by the bell 
chronological. It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like a, a twist on like Welcome Back, Cotter, which was um, John Travolta's um, first series that he did or his first project. And like, with that series, they were kind of like the um, like the rejects, the um, you know the, the kids and like, like who didn't care about school or whatever, like the um, outsiders. Yeah, the outsiders, like because. You know, because they got the worst grades, and this was kind of like all the elite, you know, all the um, smartest kids in school was ahead of the class. So ah, it's kind of like a twist on that. Okay. And it had, um, like, Robin Givens was on it. Robin and, Givens, that's right. That's she was married ex- to Mike Tyson. Ex-wife of, Mar- of Mike Tyson, yeah. But, but it, it, it's weird because, like, nobody, I don't think anybody's really thinking about that show anymore or wanting it to come back. There's a really, I don't think there's much nostalgia on that show at all. So it seems weird that they would try to bring him back and try to do like a spin off of that or whatever. Yeah, because I can't imagine like none of the star none of the stars in the original um cast I, I don't think are doing much now. So it's yeah. like um so I don't know how, how much so it's gonna be a complete reboot. No tie ins to the original show Chach. There's I mean there's mm-hmm. people are into different kind of series now than that kind of like old quirky um sitcom humor. So I don't know how they would do it now. Unless they took it like a more serious approach to it. Right. But I mean, you know, like even like so many shows now that are even comedies that come out don't have laugh tracks and stuff like they used to back then. Mm-hmm. So it's a totally different type of humor, I think. The laugh that. track shows are a dying breed. Yeah. The laugh track uh, sitcoms. They're, I think Big Bang Theory was one of the last few ones. There's not many. No, I think. And I think there's very few shows, even from the 80s, like um, sitcoms that stand the test of time. You know, I think one of them is probably like the Golden Girls, but I think you can watch now and it's, it's still be funny. But mm-hmm. then if you go back and watch, you know, yeah. even like watch Say by the Bell now, it's kind of like cringy. Yeah. Uh, watching it now, it's just a weird kind of humor. Like there's certain humor that can be funny. It transcends time, right? Transcends, yeah. Like if you watch if you watch Three Stooges, it's still funny, and that came out like you know, like a hundred years ago, <laughs> like Benny, Benny Hill, Benny Hill, all this kind of stuff. Like, like, yeah. Like great humor, is great humor, no matter what time frame it is, but there's some, right. there's sometimes you get humor that's only good in that certain, that certain decade or whatever. Interesting. I didn't think about it. Yeah. think about it about like that. How about friends? So, uh, friends may, may be waiting a little while longer for the cast reunion special due to everything going on in the world. Um, they won't be doing the virtual zoom Skype reunion, um, which, they're going to put that off. They, they figure that's the easy way out, but they yeah. really want everything to be back to normal so they can all be in one studio. And, I think know, that's good. I, I think especially because they, they haven't been a, a cast that has really like um, reunited at all. So I think it's good to do, for them to do it in person and just wait. And make yeah. It just make it wait till everything's back to normal, guys. <laughs> they make sure. it Zoom now, like as, as we're showing right now. But <laughs> to get everybody into one studio like that, I think it will make it even more special. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Moving on to Apple TV, guys. Wow, all these different streaming platforms. Uh, Sofia Coppola developing an adaptation of Edith, Edith Wharton's The Custom of the Country for Apple TV. Um, so Scarlett Johansson was previ- previously set to star in this, um, but um, they actually have to recast. Um, I guess she had to turn it down for whatever reason. So interestingly enough, it's based – It's uh, a scathing story of ambition that follows uh, a Midwestern girl who attempts to ascend in New York City's society. Okay. The, the novel was first published in 1913. So. Okay. Cool. See, this is why um, Apple TV is doing so bad. 
because that, you, that whole you don't like that, you don't like the synopsis. The whole premise, the synopsis, is like I'm like okay, that's nothing I want a character to even think about. <laughs> I liked about the time period, like when you gave the synopsis, I was like, no, okay, and then you were like 1913, and I was like, oh, oh, that lets you. What about Scarlett Johansson? But was it? Pre- no, God. Does it take place in that same time period, or is that's, it going to be modern day? Yeah, that's a good question, Josh. Uh, just as it's based on the uh, the novel that was published in 1913, and um, yeah, it doesn't really allude to um, the the time period for this one. At least that one of my. It could here. really be any time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do enjoy time, um, period pieces. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, the, I think a lot of these projects. I think a lot of these people are going to Netflix first, and I think you're getting a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the ones that Netflix is turning down. Any mm-hmm. up on these other platforms. That might be the case, but Apple TV is getting Ridley Scott, and you know he's a very prolific director. He he's got to deal with Apple TV to produce content. He's got a multi-year deal to develop uh, global TV projects, um, and um, they haven't alluded actually uh, exactly what, but um, the deal could be interesting. Um, and speaking of period pieces, Showtime just dropped a trailer for James McBride's The Good Lord Bird, starring Ethan Hawke. Trailer looks pretty good. That was shot, um, you know, close to here in Virginia. Um, I had some friends that worked on it. Um, I believe closer to Rich, the Richmond area, where this was shot. Um, based on um, the award-winning novel, the same name, The Good Lord Bird, a, f- a fictional enslaved boy who becomes a member of Brown's motley family of a- abolitionist soldiers. Right, interesting. Um, but the trailer looks really cool. Pretty, really cool. Look forward to that one. Um, speaking of more novel adaptations, um, on FX we're going to get Great Expectation, Charles Dickens' um, novel that will be adapted for a limited series that will be on FX. Um, there, um, apparently FX has um a deal with the uh. Charles Dickens properties. So they actually produced um, a Christmas Carol, which is one of my beloved, my favorite beloved uh, Christmas stories, um, which um, was produced by Ridley Scott and Tom Hardy, um, which starred Guy Pierce as Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right? Sounds pretty cool. Surprise. Yeah, Great Expectations had some good. Film adaptations like I, over the years. Ethan Hawke was pretty good, I thought. That came out in '98. Okay, yeah, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow and Ethan Hawke. So this will be an adaptation as as a series, so I guess yeah. they can go a little longer in the storytelling, which is always good. Um, has anyone seen FXX new comedy called Dave? Apparently, it's become FX Network's most watched comedy series ever. Um, really. Yeah, it's always sunny. I think so. Yeah, it's saying it's the most. Five point three two million is the average audience of this show. Wow. Which um, eclipsed the previous record holder of Atlanta on FX with Donald Glover. Um, for you fans of Anne Rice's novels like The Vampire Chronicles and The Lives of Mayfair Witches, AMC Networks has acquired the rights to Anne Rice's best. Uh, selling book series, um, which includes those two. Um, so they'll be producing um, some great um, shows based on those novels, which we're looking forward to seeing. And of course, they have to tackle coronavirus-related, um, you know, uh, comedies or dramas or any kind of 
content. Freeform has, I think they're doing one for um, on Netflix uh, with the producers of Orange is the New Black called Social Distancing, I believe. We talked about that one a while ago. Um, Freeform is actually, um, they picked up a new uh, limited series called Love in the Time of Corona. <laughs> so it's a, a romantic comedy described as a funny and hopeful look at the search for love, sex, and connection during the time of social distancing. So I think it was a matter of time before uh, we would see the social distancing in in scripted, you know, comedy, you know, and uh, and drama. I guess you know, comedy is kind of better to because it's such a serious and such a dark, you know. Um, yeah, but I think it's right now, you know? still too soon. It's like let's get out of this first before we start like laughing about it. I think. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> it's point kind of hard too. to laugh about it when you're still in the shit. And when people are dying too, so. Yeah. But yeah. I, I know Sunday, we're just talking about. They always, they're always um, pretty topical with their season. So I'm sure they'll do a funny one about the coronavirus when that comes. Because they, they've been on for like, like I think 13 seasons. So they, yeah. they tackled like the the housing crash and like you know bad economies and stuff. And like, so they they've done stuff throughout the years based on what's going on in the world at, at that time. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll tackle this. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, for your fans of Younger, Hilary Duff will uh, be uh, – now they're entering their seventh season, which is the, um, the Cable Network's longest-running scripted series on TV land. So they're actually going to do a spinoff um, of Hilary Duff, I guess Hilary Duff's character, because Younger is actually concluding with its seventh season. Um, I'm shocked TV land's still around. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I think this is like their one big hit. They, seasons, they always yeah. just had like um all the old um like TGIF shows and stuff, and they would have like a lot of right. series you couldn't find anywhere else. But I had no idea they were still around. Yeah. Do you guys remember Nick at Night? Yes. But the Nick yes. at Night where it was like I Love Lucy, Nick at yes. Night. Okay. I've seen it, yeah. Now Nick at Night is like '90s stuff. Right. You know, it's totally <laughs> different. But when I, was, yeah, yeah. when I was like super little, like nine, eight or nine or something, it started and I had a TV in my room and I would go to sleep, I think every night with it on. And it was just like yeah. the black and white shows. It was great. And then, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, I clicked it on. I saw it on cable because we had just gotten cable and I was like, ooh. And I saw Nick at Night and it was like, like what you said, Chachi, like TGIF. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this isn't really, this doesn't count, but whatever. So right, we're talking about like old shows that are still funny. Like Lucy is still funny. Like stuff oh, like the honeymooners. Yeah. The honeymooners are still funny. Yeah. If you watch these shows, sometimes you're like, with the honeymooners, he always like threatened to like, um, like punch out his I'm wife. Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Which you couldn't do nowadays. <laughs> you couldn't do that now. No. But then I love Lucy. I love Lucy. You couldn't even show the bathroom in the episode. You were not to show the bathroom. And they slept in separate beds in this mm-hmm. in their bedroom because you couldn't Re- show them laying in the same bed. And you know when she was pregnant, she couldn't say she was pregnant. She had to say she was expecting. So there's all these certain rules that back when I Love Lucy came on the air, you couldn't do back then on TV. Yeah. Like, like imagine not being able to show a bathroom on TV with the kind of mm-hmm. crude, crude humor we have now. You know. I know it's a lot of things how how things change uh, <laughs> as we evolve as a society. That's for sure. I remember like that show Fix of Life and they had to have a disclaimer before it came on because they were going to discuss using condoms in that episode. So they had to have the really? big disclaimer. So like parents like could, I guess, 
not have their kids watch it if they didn't want them to see about condoms. Interesting, interesting. Or bitch about it when they see the condoms right. <laughs> on the show. Yeah. And then, and then now, like, like sometimes I'll go watch some TV with my parents if I'm visiting them, and they'll watch these sitcoms that come on, like, um, I don't know, if it's like CBS or whatever, and like. Some of them are so racy that it's like stuff that I wouldn't flinch at watching by myself. But when you watch it with your parents, you're like, this is like really horrible like humor to watch with your parents. Like, right. It's like because like back in like the day, it'd be kind of like innuendo, but now they just come out and straight up say it. You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like they're sitting around and they're like, um, what do you um, what do you need or whatever? And one girl's like, I think you need like a big penis or whatever. I'm like, kind of said it, you know, like where they would have said something. <laughs> different like you know back in the 80s or 90s or whatever but this uh-huh. is just like straight up the same stuff and you're with your parents you're like oh okay like it, it doesn't matter how old you are it's like you don't want to hear some certain stuff like around your parents <laughs> you that's immediately true. turn to like a little kid you know you know when you're around them I've, i know yeah if, if there's if i'm watching something my, my mom like walks by and hears like moaning it's like is that, are you watching porn yeah. <laughs> but it would just be like a girl like in a in a love scene in a sex scene, but it was just, yeah. Are you watching X? Are you watching X? (laughs) (laughs) When I was watching um, Into the Rain, or Inside the Rain. Yes, Inside the Rain, yes. Okay, so my husband was mowing the lawn, and he walked in during the sex scene where <laughs> they sex in the beginning, and my husband was like, "What are you, what are you watching?" <laughs> this movie that Al told me to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll we got to mention porn. that to our guests tonight for sure. What would you say? I'll tell you to watch porn for homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not porn, guys. Not. Come on now. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Mialin um, Bialik from Big Bang Theory and Blossom. She'll be leading a new comedy series called Call Me Cat on Fox. Um, it's based on a BBC UK series called Miranda. She struggles every day against society and her mother to prove that you cannot have everything you want and still be happy. Okay. Interesting. I still see her still working. I thought when she was done Blossom, that would be it for her forever. Yeah, because she actually studied neuroscience. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah. So she, she left the industry. The Big Bang Theory. Came, her and Anna Klumsky have two very similar yeah. backgrounds. Anna Klumsky, definitely, yeah. They both started as child actors. They both quit acting and worked in their own professions. I think Anna Klumsky was in advertising, and uh, Mayim, Mayim Bialik was uh, neuroscience. Um, so that's And it's amazing because that's her character. On Big Bang, which is which is really cool. And it's cool to see um, them come back after all these years and still be great at acting. Absolutely. On CW, CW has uh, given straight to series pickups on a show called Kung Fu and the Republic of Sarah. Uh, Kung Fu was a female-led reboot of the 1972 series starring David Carradine. That's, that's so, going to work. You think that will work or no? no? Not cast. at all. Okay. <laughs> Kung Fu is beloved by a lot of people. And no <laughs> the one's going to yeah. yeah. And the Republic of Sarah will... Uh, this is a maybe, maybe a little more interesting plot line. Uh, faced with the destruction of her town at the hands of a greedy mining company, rebellious high school teacher, teacher Sarah utilizes an obscure loophole to declare independence and must lead a, a young group of misfits as they attempt to start their own country from scratch. Hmm. See, that sounds interesting. interesting. Yeah, see, it's like 
do something brand new. At least it sounds yeah. interesting, and like maybe you'll yeah. check it out, but not be like, I'm gonna remake Kung Fu. Like, yeah. And uh, speak of CW, uh, Arrow and Flash creator Mark Guggenheim will be writing a screenplay for Rob Liefeld's Profit for Studio 8, and they're going to build a franchise around the character of John Profit, a DNA-enhanced super soldier placed in a cryonic freeze, cryogenic freeze, for a future mission only to awaken in the wrong time. That sounds like fucking Captain America. Like, literally, just <laughs> yeah. straight up, like... This is a complete bite off. It's because they know what works. That's why. Yeah. (laughs) If you watched uh, Saturday Night Live, it was the season finale. They did their SNL at home, a quarantine edition, just like this, guys. Uh, We saw a really nice uh, boys to men uh, musical performance of Mama, a song for Mama, which happy Mother's Day to all the moms and belated Mother's Day to all the moms. Um, But um, it was a really good... um, episode i mean considering you know they have limited resources to to make a show work you know using you know a virtual type of format um but we saw the return of alec baldwin as donald trump which is always funny um definitely uh yeah it was kind of it's very interesting to watch the saturday live kind of adapt to everything going on and still still producing a, a pretty entertaining show and they did the same thing with the um parks and recreation um episode that was scripted that wasn't like a reunion so that was really cool i yeah, really appreciate awesome. that yeah that was really cool um so um music news that taylor swift uh as you know her concert was abruptly canceled as a lot of acts um you know can't oh, have concerts right now i have i have backstreet boys tickets for the summer my yeah. heart is breaking i'm into uh, it i i don't even how, know how depressing is that you know, yeah. so whatever. So Taylor Swift will be um, airing a special of the only concert she performed before everything went down. Um, this is called, it's going to be called Taylor Swift City of Lover Concert, um, which will air on May 17th in Paris. Okay, City of Lover. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Paris, the City of Love. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you get to see um, what you would have saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, had Taylor a bit on tour. And a Prince uh, will stream, um, the Prince Estate, that is, will stream the Prince and Revolution live across three days on YouTube, Josh. Um, this will be the concert that took place in March of 1985 at the Cary Dome in Syracuse, New York. Oh, that's my yeah. name. <laughs> Syracuse, yes. That's so your hometown. funny. Yeah, I didn't know he performed there. Yeah, and it also marks the first concert footage that Prince released on home video. Uh, that same year and it will air for the first time on may 15th on youtube so um they're also accepting viewer donations which will go directly towards the world health organization um the COVID 19 solidarity response fund so that should be definitely worth uh, checking into um oh look we're doing brilliant on time by the way um just like uh, some passings to announce um Related to COVID-19, Roy Horn, best known as half of the legendary Siegfried and Roy, Magic and Animal Act in Las Vegas, died uh, from complications due to coronavirus at the age of 75. Really? He had a tough life, man, because he was the one that actually got mauled by one of his tigers. Yeah. And I think because he was was already um, immunocompromised, he... 
Um, his spine um, apparently is his spine was affected um, during the the tiger um, attack, um, and he affected his ability to walk and speak. So that made him, I guess, more susceptible yeah. to the coronavirus. I think he's kind of like the most well known name that that passed away. I think away. you're right. Yeah, COVID nineteen. And he claimed yeah. that he claimed that the tiger didn't attack him. He claimed that he had had a stroke, and the tiger was trying to like save him and drag him to safety. You know. But then you have other members on that production that say the total opposite. It's a really yeah. interesting sort. I don't know if he's trying to cover for the tigers because like. Yeah. I met. Um, Sounds like Carol Baskin. Um, yeah. Covering mm-hmm. for the tigers. I met um, Siegfried. Um, <laughs> A couple of years ago in Vegas, like he, um, yeah, I heard they, they did have, uh, these two uh, meet and greets after every show. No, well, without this is long after the shows they had, but I've been I mean, at the um, Secret Free and Roy, uh, I think it's called the Secret Garden, where they have okay. like the um, a lot of the animals, um, mm-hmm. almost like a zoo there. And, oh, right, um, right. Cool. And um, Siegfried comes there like on most days in the afternoon, just walks around and looks at his animals and stuff and like visits his animals. So, and he'll talk to people who are, you know, there or whatever, but. Yeah, he still comes to visit his um, tigers every day. Mm-hmm. The original Tiger King, rest in Man. peace, Roy Horn. Yeah, that's sad. Also, rapper Fred the Godson, who's known to collaborate with Meek Mill and Diddy, um, Kendrick Lamar, Mac Miller. He uh, also died due to coronavirus. Um, his last um, social media post was on April 6th when he reported that he was in a hospital and we had to be placed on a ventilator and oh gosh sadly did not recover since wow so this is one of the bigger losses in hollywood guys jerry stiller the american oh, comedian yes uh an actor who is one half of the husband and wife team of stiller and mira of course he was on seinfeld um and uh you know he's the actual father of ben stiller um yeah yeah, he was um George's father on the show of Seinfeld. That's right. And, and probably best known for the Festivus episode where he started <laughs> yeah. his own holiday to compete with um Christmas. <laughs> right. Hilarious hilarious actor and like um yeah. and I was trying to think I was trying to think um after he died, like, is there a father and son that has achieved more in comedy than him and um Ben Stiller? In comedy, there's been successful actors. Yeah. In comedy though. Comedy specifically that comes to mind. That's a good question. I'm gonna have to think about that one. Obviously, Josh Brolin and James Brolin is one of the big ones. Michael yeah, Douglas, Kirk like, Douglas, more like yeah, serious movies. Like, yeah. How about like, how about um how about um Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen? Probably was um was Martin Sheen more in comedies though, or more dramas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drama, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But well, he, he has the, a funny bone, so yeah, yeah. yeah the Kissinsky method, the, the show uh, that he has. Um, but, yeah, but, I think I think Ben Stiller and Jerry Springer. I think they were it was strictly in comedy mm. for all their movies and TV shows. Yeah. yeah I'm, and, sorry. I'm sorry. There, I'm he, sure wasn't in, he wasn't in Kissinsky method. He was in uh, Grace and Frankie. Sorry, that was that was incorrect. <laughs> Um, yeah, wow, so sad. At the age of 92, um, due to natural causes, um, definitely um, will be missed. Uh, survived by Ben, daughter Amy Stiller, and two grandchildren. Um, yeah, that's definitely a sad one. I mean, he he lived a long time, but it's still like, he was he was a funny guy. One of the b- mi- 
biggest names in music, guys. Little Richard. Right. Um, singer and pianist, rock and roll pioneer. Um, he was also known to um, officiate several celebrity weddings, including Tom Petty and Cyndi Lauper, to name a few. It's pretty big. Uh, and that's how well-respected he was to other musicians, that they would um, get him to officiate their weddings. That's right. I mean, he was a huge pioneer in music. 1955's Tutti Frutti, one of the first songs by black artists to cross over to the pop charts. Wow. Nice. Do you remember his uh, Mean Gene Oakland's cover? Yes. <laughs> Definitely will be missed, Little Richard. Um, yeah, he always used to say, shut up. You know, <laughs> it was just like his catchphrase. Sadly, more um, celebrities have passed, including Betty Wright. Wright, not White. Yeah. R- yes. R&B and soul singer behind the hits Clean Up Woman. Also, Andre Harrell, music executive who f- uh, founded Uptown Records and died at the age of 59. Oh, wow. Yeah. Leslie Pope, uh, Oscar-nominated set de- decorator, worked on a lot of the Marvel movies, died at the young age of 65. Um, Uptown Records, um, they produced a lot of stuff. They produced... Um, yeah, they're huge. Heavy D and the Boys, um, Notorious B.I.G., Jodeci, Mary J. Blige, I'll Be Sure, Soul For Real. I mean, some huge names. Yeah, certainly sad. Big um, Daddy interned at Uptown Records when he got started. <laughs> Daniel Silva, tattoo artist and Ink Master alum, was arrested for murder um, after following a drunk driving accident that killed the passenger um, of a YouTube personality named Corey LaBerry. Man, that's tragic, man, to, to be responsible for someone else's death, man. And and you and you surviving. I mean, talk about just the worst thing. Survivor's remorse is like the worst thing ever. Um, I like but, a ton of YouTube personalities because I'm, I'm, I hear like every week about some YouTube pers- personalities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it must be just a million of them. Yeah, but man. So I'm not demographic to know any of these shows on YouTube. <laughs> right. Sadly, right? No, not, no, not sadly. Cause uh, not these, sadly. Because <laughs> a lot of these shows, I don't know what his show was like, but it was awful that I see like yeah. little cousins and stuff watching. Like, I had a cousin that watched this woman eat weird food, and, and like, it had, like, it had, like, six million, like, views or whatever. It was, like, oh, some, goodness. like, like I don't, it's an Asian woman. I don't know if she was from Asia or whatever, but she would eat these, these weird-looking foods. And, like, and they, and, like, my cousin and, like, um, his brother and stuff just, like, loved it. And I'm, like, it, it was so weird. I'm, like, you watch this stuff that you guys watch? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's, is it not, like, like, Bizarre Foods by Andrew Zimmern? Like that? I don't know. I mean, it was like it was like some kind of pepper she was eating or whatever that like oh. would like when she bit into it, it would like you know squirt out or whatever. Like I don't know. It was just a weird stuff. And it's like and like they're all and it, I'm like I'm thinking that some kind of video that only they would care about, but then it had like like you know like six million views. I'm like it must be a lot of people who are into this dumb shit here. Yeah, but yeah. So basically, what Andrew Zimmer does, but on a YouTube format, but. Um, interestingly enough, um, so as you know, NFL, um, actually dropped its schedule for, um, all the NFL teams, including the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so I guess we're very optimistic of where a football football will be. And, uh, you know, obviously everything, um, scheduled is planned. Um, so are are they, are they trying to go with it? you know, with actually people at the stadium or just that's a like, good question. That's a good question. So I heard stadiums that they're going to have to play it by ear because that's going to take place in August. So that's still a few months away. 
However, right. the NBA, they apparently want to start their season in July with no fans in attendance, no matter where we are, I guess. They initially want to start with no fans in attendance. But uh, um, I guess taking a page out of WWE's book, Chachi, because UFC had their first – now they're announcing this is the first major sports organization because they don't consider WWE sports, mm-hmm. <laughs> sports entertainment. But UFC held an event last Saturday. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Um, they actually yep, uh, provided two – a UFC 249 last Saturday, which is the first major professional sporting event in North America since the pandemic started. Um, and um, it was headlined by Justin Gaith and Tony Ferguson. Um, and Gaith uh, dominated um, for nearly five rounds, pummeling him with heavy punches until the referee Herb Dean stopped the fight. Um, so, uh yeah, they have to take a page out of WWE's book, Chachi, you know? Um, um, so they're considering that the first sport. But Money in the Bank took place last Sunday, Chach. Um, Otis and Asuka are your new Money in the Bank ladder match winners. Ch- big, huge shocker that Otis, one half of Heavy Machinery, won the men's Money in the Bank uh, due to a fumble. AJ Styles dropped the briefcase into Otis's hands. Talk about the ultimate underdog, Chachi. This guy has the shape of basically a big bear, like it's like shaped like an oval. Gets the hot blondes and wins the Money in the Bank briefcase at Money in the Bank. Yeah, like he was entertaining. I thought when I, I saw him at WrestleMania. Yeah, wasn't he great? So yeah. I guess they, they have I mean, a, a lot of. Well, I don't know if great, but he was entertaining at least. It's great that it happened, not that, that he's. Great, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But he's entertaining. He is entertaining, yeah. And this is the big news. Um, so the Money in the Bank women's match, the winner of that match, uh, supposedly won an opportunity to face the women's champion, um, of their choosing, and Asuka ended up winning winning that match. However, on Raw Monday, we found out that Asuka actually won the women's championship, not just an opportunity to meet the women's champion, but actually won the women's championship. Because Becky Lynch, the current champion, is pregnant. She announced on Raw that uh, Becky um, Becky announced that because she is pregnant, she can no longer defend her championship. This is not a storyline, Chachi. This is a real, real deal. Uh, Becky Lynch um, had to give up the title. So that match was for the women's championship. Well, how, how do you do that after the fact? I, I don't like that. Well, so the Money in the Bank... Um, the, those matches were taped because, you know, I had that cinematic style where they right. had to go up to the top of the building, the Titan Towers, and grab the briefcase. Um, but I think they knew all along. I think they knew all along. I don't think they told Asuka. So I think they kept that so her surprise was really genuine when she mm-hmm. found out that she has actually won the title, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they had to twist it, and I guess because it was just a way to write write the story of how Becky Lynch has to, you know, relinquish her title and for Asuka to be rewarded because she can't be the champion and defend it because she's pregnant. Then obviously they have to go in that direction. And I'm happy for Asuka, you know, well, you know, uh, it's funny because yeah, they still did a tournament for it. What's that? They should have still did like a tournament for the belt. If she had a vacant uh-huh. belt and then, and then Asuka's could, uh, or, um, they could have. Who was it? 
Asuka. Asuka was the one that won the uh, women's. Asuka, money. Asuka the Grouch. Yeah. Like she could Asuka have. Um, the Grouch. <laughs> yeah, she could have um, just you know challenged anybody she wanted to at any time like they normally do. But you don't just give somebody the belt after winning money in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I think they had to go this route. I guess because it was just a way to re- reward Asuka. Um, but yes, they could have done a tournament. They're actually doing this for the Intercontinental Title Charge. Sami Zayn refuses to wrestle with due to the pandemic, due to the COVID-19 right. pandemic. He's IC champion. They're going to have a, um, a tournament starting this Friday on SmackDown to crown a new Intercontinental Champion. Um, so they're doing it for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, but uh, it's interesting. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, going back to Becky Lynch, though, you know, um, good for her. You know, she's going to be a mom now. She's actually, um, she wants to be like, the, I guess, the first female John Cena and Rock to you know transition into film and tv becky was recently on an episode of showtime's billions oh we got we got we got a guest yep hi and we're gonna bring on let's go bring um do we have ellen and do we have aaron both on the line we have ellen so far ellen are you sticking to audio or are you joining us on video Oh, uh, I thought it was audio. I mean, I can join on. We'd, we'd love to see. We'd love yeah, to see video. Beautiful, awesome. We'd love to see your beautiful face. There we go. If you need a second to get ready, it's. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Do we have Do we have Hi. Aaron on as well? We do. Yeah. Oh, uh, Alan, Alan also, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hello. Oh, wow. Okay, here we are. Awesome. So, Aaron, if you want to opt to do video, you're more than welcome. If you want to stay. Um, if you want to stay audio? That's fine too. I could do I could do video. Awesome. You're on video now. Am I on it now? Yeah. Yes. All right, cool. But yeah, we're really excited about our upcoming special guest, Chachi, on Below the Belt Show. Are you excited? I'm excited. I watched it last night. I watched it last night too. We all got to be prepared here on Below the Belt Show. <laughs> um, certainly, um, a film that a mix. That makes you laugh. It, it tugs at your heartstrings. It, it shocks you. Um, definitely, all the senses were going on for this film. Very well produced, well acted, um, and we're excited to welcome on below the belt show. <laughs> but we have Aaron on at least, yeah. Yes. I'm all here. right. That is. Was that tea? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Yay! Yeah. I have hot water. Nice. <laughs> You, so you let's drink hot water without tea. Half hot tea. Yeah, it's half hot tea. <laughs> so let's go and introduce. That's right. He is the writer, director, and the star of this great film on Amazon Prime called Inside the Rain. B2B welcomes Aaron Fisher. Aaron. Hey. It's great to have you on Below the Belt Show. My gosh. What a film, man. I, I loved it. Um, again, like I said earlier, it tugs on your heartstrings. It makes you laugh. Uh, it shocks you in all the same ways. Um, and because you're doing everything, writing, directing, and, and acting, and, and the star of this film. And editing. And, and you're yeah. the editor as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how big of a challenge was it to, 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 have all, to wear all those hats for this film? Um, a lot. Very challenging. <laughs> it was super <laughs> challenging. It's very hard. Hey, Ellen. There's Ellen. Hi. There you go. Right, let's bring Ellie on. Make it uh, up. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I could go in more depth of, like, things I was working on. But, like, yeah, basically doing all that is a lot of work. And it's very hard. Yeah. Now, do, you, 
do you like doing all these different uh, aspects of the movie? Do you um, is it more pressure on yourself to get things right when you're like like are you more critical of yourself when you're watching it back and you knowing that you did so many different aspects of the film? Um, I think you know, especially on set, but even in the editing room, it's kind of hard to watch my own acting. Right. Because like I mean, I think most actors don't really want to look at themselves on screen. Ellen. Yeah, I always wondered why that is. Ellen, what do you think about that? Uh, I think it's just you you know your tics and and there's an element of disbelief that you don't necessarily have with yourself. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's any any artist that creates anything. You know, if you look at something that you create, you're going to have a different different point of view, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A critical, I think an extra critical eye. You think everyone else is doing like this amazing thing and you're the one thing that's ruining it, but everyone else is like, no, 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 it's okay, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. But you're like, no, you don't understand. I could have done it so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's, you know? it's like what goes into a sausage, right? Or, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's an odd analogy. I love it. <laughs> I mean, never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And first of all, both. Great acting job by both of you. Both Thank of you, you. Oh, yeah. phenomenal job. Um, so, 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 Aaron, was it an easy selection for Ellen uh, to portray Emma for your film? We went, you know, we were submitted like five over five thousand actresses, and wow, five thousand. Well, yeah, there's a lot of you know, there's, there's a lot of people who want to do the part, and uh, yeah, and then we. I we got to Ellen, we did callbacks, and I was really happy to choose Ellen. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, we seen each other in <laughs> like hey, <laughs> Ellen happens to be here as well. Yeah. Well, we're certainly happy you picked. I feel Ellen. Ellen, <laughs> Ellen feels more like a good friend, like. Oh, I'm not thinking of her. I was like, oh, I found her in auditions. We're like, hey, what's yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So you mentioned as a friend, how do you overcome the, I guess, any nervousness of doing um, the, the the intimate scenes that you guys, that your characters are involved in? I think we did a really good job of, I don't know, just creating that, that baseline. Um, we got really lucky with the rehearsal period which a lot of people don't get um so we took advantage of that and and got to know each other really as as friends and then realized that I mean I think that was something that jumped out in in auditions um but that we had a really natural chemistry we laugh at the same kind of things um and that necessarily I don't think that you can necess- like you can fake um, right. so much, but we did. We really created that relationship by just walking around and and hanging out. And I think I think when you do that for anything, any romantic thing on screen, you you can feel that. like before the romantic walk scene, for example, when I was watching the dailies. Ellen and I are just talking about like random shit, and then they're like action, and then, <laughs> and then we'll, so when we come in, we're just laughing. There's a few scenes like that where we're just like ha 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 in the beginning of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's, 
there was one scene. Like a... okay. oh, sorry. There was one scene we did where here in the dailies, Ellen is like, I'm supposed to like you right now. Stop spinning in a circle. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So is it hard to do a sex scene on camera, you know, knowing you have a crew watching you and like, and plus, you know, somebody you're working with, it's like, is it really yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not like, what's funny is people think it's like hot and heavy. Right. <laughs> and it's so, a lot of times it's so mechanical and um, it's not as like, I don't know, it's not as steamy as people would like to think. But hey, if you think that, that's great. But it turned out steamy. <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, your hand looks better there. Or like, <laughs> you know, like, those are... I'm like, why are my hands like this? This feels so yeah. natural. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of refreshing to see, like, a sex scene in a movie again. Because, like, I know it was big, like, in the, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. But it seems like in recent time, you barely see any kind of sex in any movies. You know, or, like, you'll see... You're not watching enough HBO, Game of Thrones? I think people are getting, um, I mean, even our, our sex scene isn't like pretty, pretty hardcore, but I think I it's know. like, I think people are getting uh, creative in different ways. I, I right. just watched, um, have you guys watched My Own Private Idaho? I rewatched that recently. It's a Gus Van Zandt film, and yeah. it's uh, Keanu Reeves in River Phoenix. And it's they're, they're, the sex scenes in it are incredible because they're just uh, snapshots of, of the nudity. And so it's just like a click, click, click. I don't know. I, oh, think, cool. there's, I think there's really... I think people are getting creative in a different way, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. At least for the female. female. Also, yeah. Also, <laughs> just want to add the uh, the film is now on YouTube free with with ads. And oh wow. Yeah. We had to make uh, two kind of tiny edits to remove the first sex scene, and then remove the nudity from ah. from the sex. And I watched it, and I was like. This person's better than than the one that has the nudity, you know. Really? <laughs> better. I, I, I'm okay with seeing Ellen personally. Yeah, <laughs> I like to see. I'm okay with the uh, Amazon Prime version. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty exciting. Well, nothing to do with Ellen. It's just the story. Just actually, I think flows a little better in in the uh, the YouTube version. Okay. So I have a, I have a quick question actually about the story. So at the end of the credits. It says that you know these characters aren't necessarily based on actual yeah. people. I had that same question actually. That's amazing. Yeah, question. <laughs> but in the description, you know, it says that you, Aaron, really do have bipolar disorder, and no, so- I don't. Oh, you don't? Oh. Either way. Um, but my question was, you know, as I was watching through the film, because I really didn't want to look too much into it because I wanted the film to speak for itself. And as I was watching it, I thought, oh, what an interesting life 
story this must be and how cool, you know, he actually did make this into an actual movie, just like in the movie. But then at the end, it said that maybe perhaps that wasn't true. So can you just enlighten us a little bit about um, how you drew your actual real experiences and pulled them into this film and also why this storyline to tell the story of someone that does have bipolar disorder? Um, well, you know, I was, I was telling a loosely autobiographical story. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of it is true. A lot of it is like, you know, like different people combined into one. Cause you know, I was taking sort of my college experience with a romantic experience kind of into one story. But the thing is in real life, if you actually looked at that whole, you know, the, whatever number of years that those were spread apart, they honestly were part of like my twenties. They, they, I think oh. the film is the essence of my twenties. Like if you look at it, I will tell cool. you that that was the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, when, wow. okay. when you're watching a movie 90 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But, well, yeah. How, about, how about the other characters? Were they inspired by anybody in particular? Yeah. Uh, a lot of them were. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. In, in particular, <laughs> in particular, the character of Emma, um, because um, I watched your YouTube show, A Single Imbala, and uh, the episode three with Svetlana, I thought you kind of like took a little bit of that uh, storyline and brought it into this film. Uh, remind me who's that? Uh, what who's that in, in that episode? Uh, Svetlana in episode three of Single Baller is the um, the sex worker. Oh, okay. You know, that was really uh, off the cuff. Like, I literally did not did not tell her a single thing. I said, we're just doing imp- we're improv. We're shooting with three cameras. That's it. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Um, I, I, like, pretty much, pretty much all of those episodes are, like, they're almost, like, 100% improv. Um, but your, what was your other, what was your other question? Well, I was wondering if, you know, maybe the character Svetlana was kind of oh, okay, right. an inspiration for uh, Emma, as Emma's also a sex I, I, in real life, I fell in love with a girl who was uh, more or less a sex worker, but she had done, like, you know, hardcore pornography in the past, really? and she had done, she had been a prostitute uh, and and all this stuff. And then she was, when I knew her, she was doing, like, erotic modeling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and I I fell in love with her, and uh, wow, you know, Emma Emma's uh you know a little is inspired by her. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Emma's her own person though, but you know has wow. inspiration. Yeah. Well, have you so, have you shown the movie to the person that um, inspired um that character? Have I shown the movie to? No, no. Okay. I don't know if you're still in contact with that person. Uh, yeah, no, I can't even like I, I can't I can't talk about that stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because I was actually. I, I can't press it. And <laughs> I was actually. I'm actually, gonna get close. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I to the button. Because <laughs> I was gonna ask, uh, what name should I type in you porn to, to search for this actress? But I guess I'm not <laughs> able to. <laughs> You porn porn up. Um, <laughs> um, so um, let's talk about assembling this amazing cast in addition to the beautiful and talented Ellen we have with us. But um, wow, of course, um, 
the one and only Eric Roberts, and of course the amazing Rosie Perez. Yes. Uh, talk, talk, talk to us about that of uh, getting those two on board. Uh, with Rosie Perez, um, you know, I wrote the psychiatrist part in the screenplay originally. Mm. It wasn't such a big part, and they the and, and uh, the psychiatrist didn't have as much agency in the story. Like she wasn't as significant as a character she was in later on, you know, because I wanted to cast Rosie, but I was thinking this role is not good enough for her. She's not going to take it unless it's, you know, more memorable. So I went back to the script and worked on it for another three months and made her, made the character of Dr. Holloway have more agency, be bigger and more memorable. Um, so not just more screen time, but also she has more, more uh, of an effect on the plot. Influence, yeah. Yeah. I uh, thought it was wonderful. I, was, I just thought she was so good. She's great. She's yeah. Really, yeah, she she was like, the, you know, the first first choice. And uh, when I heard that she loved the script, I was very uh, excited. But And then she wanted to talk on the phone, so I was very nervous. about When I had to talk to her on the phone, I was really nervous. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I, was pretty, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty starstruck just by hearing her Puerto Rican Brooklyn accent over the phone. I love like, it. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can't, you can't, um, it's very, it's unique. You can't, you, she doesn't sound like anyone else. Yeah, he definitely knows her. Uh, well, one thing, one thing I loved about her character was it was real. And also, so I have post-traumatic stress disorder, so I'm familiar with therapists and all that stuff. Um, but I thought one, one thing that was really great about how you wrote her was you humanized her and you made her come across as a companion and sort of like um, a real-life sidekick or supporting mm -hmm. character because a lot of people aren't comfortable with therapy and they think it's going to be really clinical, which it can mm -hmm. be. But you were able to show a really human, nurturing side of what therapy can look like. I thought it was really well done. And I thought she did a great job with that. But I, I also thought it was just really well written. Thank you. She, you know, she was, uh, she was sort of like a composite of like two, like a psychiatrist I had and my current ther therapist. My current yeah. therapist is telling me he's going to sue me after watching the, uh, the movie. <laughs> Really? Because I stole lines right out of his mouth. Like, yeah. I kind of sneakily wrote them on my iPhone put it in, the, in the script. And he's like, I'm going to sue you for whatever. I don't know. But he, that's how he talks. He just makes fun of me every time yeah. you talk to him. It's just, but I, I like that better than like someone who's very like, like psychoanalyst where they just don't say a single thing and everything's very serious. Right, right, right. Um, so like, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, you should feel comfortable with whoever you're seeking professional help from, you know. Definitely. So. Anyway, I mean, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, but I think you bring up a good point is that you, you can have a therapist that you have a dialogue with. And a lot of people think that you just are supposed to have therapists that hmm and ha at you and, right. and then you just walk out and you feel more alone. You so do. I think. I think those those therapists should be applauded and, mm -hmm. and I don't know. So I, I hear you, girl. I think that's <laughs> <a good call. laughs> yeah. We got to talk about Eric Roberts. 
This guy is acting legend. How did he? How did he get involved? Uh, well, we reached out to Eric, and he loved the script. He always says to, in his interviews, he's like, when my assistant says this is a good script, you got to read it. He's like, this is a good script. And, uh, yeah, he just, I don't know, he signed on board, and I was, like, really uh, surprised and happy about that. And I thought he would be very funny. He's very funny in the movie. Oh, yeah. And I've actually gotten to, to know him much better now that I'm in L.A. because okay. I, I work uh, sometimes with his wife, Eliza, who's really nice. So I'll be, like, you know, doing, like, a self-tape audition or whatever with Eliza. And Eric Roberts is sitting there, like, on the couch, kind of like the way he is in the movie when he's watching us. Right. And he, like, he, he gives some notes also, like, <laughs> so I know. Uh, and Eric, I've been on so many Uber rides and plane rides with him. It's insane. He, he's like, he's a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great to see your friendship uh, continue uh, out in Los Angeles. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, he's um, he's full of stories, and he's an incredible actor. You know, uh, he's been in so much. And oh my gosh, yeah. Just yeah. to like pick his mind between between setups is is worth anyone's while you know mm-hmm. Aaron this is your first um full-length um film right yes so that's pretty incredible to get these uh, big name actors amazing on board that's cool you know, taking a chance taking a chance on you it was really you know you really know it, just had faith in you yeah you know it kind of helps also that we you know um Christine Vachon of Killer Films signed on board like maybe two or two and a half years into the writing process. Okay. She, she like, she saw a rough, you know, a earlier draft of script. She loved it. And so she signed on board and, um, I think that helped make our film look more legit for when we were doing casting. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah. Yeah. That was helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I don't sound arrogant, but you know, having a, a good script is, the most important thing. That is definitely, key. Definitely. That is key, Aaron, for sure. Yeah. yeah you can have all the great actors in the world, but if the script's horrible, it's going to be a horrible movie. Yeah. Ellen, are you in LA? No, I'm in I'm in New York. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're how quarantined? Are you, yeah. How are both yeah. of you dealing with uh, the pandemic right now? I mean, it's a new normal. Yeah. Um. I got a little rhythm to it, which I feel good about, but I mean, it's definitely bizarre. I mean, how are y'all doing, right? The yeah, same way, but obviously yeah. New York specifically has been impacted the most. And yeah. just to see. Are you guys in LA? We're actually in Maryland. Yeah. Baltimore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Normally we'd be in studio all together, but since this happened, we started to um, Skype right. yeah. to keep the show going. Which, like you said, sadly is the new normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah. think you get, you get a weird rhythm to it. The, I I do have to say for New York, I mean, people are still, I think the news sometimes makes it seem like it's a complete ghost land. But I, I'm in the East Village and people are still walking around. And okay. Brandon, it's with masks on and gloves right. on and right. six feet apart. But right. people yeah. are still moving, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, do you, Aaron, do you think that um, you know, dealing with all this, I know this is hard on everybody, 
Or you think this is even harder on people who have different um, mental disorders? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I've seen that, like, um, I don't I don't actually know. I mean, I think so. I mean, my therapist, when I speak to my therapist on the phone, he's in New York because I'm, I'm okay. from um, He says, like, you know, like, everyone... And he says that the isolation is toughest for like people in their twenties and thirties. He says like older people are like happy to stay inside, but like people right. in their twenties and thirties are like dying to mingle with other people. Right. They're stuck. And he says also like they start to return to like bad habits that they may okay. have had. Yeah. Like so, if someone has a drinking problem, they start drinking or whatever. You know, whatever your advice is. Um, so people. They're stressed out about the isolation, so they start doing dumb things. Um, but and in terms of mental illness and stuff, I, I'm sure. I mean, I, I you know, it's hard. Um, I've been just like trying to be very productive mm-hmm. and like, you know, see a silver lining in this. I could, you know, work a lot on acting and reading books and stuff and. And writing. Um, but I but I hate it though. I hate the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm totally dying, all. dying to go outside <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. You know what though? For people I think that have suffered from like physical illness or mental illness or whatever, we're so much more prepared for this. Like other people are freaking out and it's much more of a shock to the system. But for me personally, I've spent so much time in various levels of types of isolation, like social isolation and stuff, that I kind of already know what I need to do to deal with it. And I also love being by myself at home, so it's not affecting me as much. But I know, like Chachi and Al, you guys are like, get me out, right? Yeah. Like from the beginning. Out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're ready to go on trips. We're ready to go see movies. To go I'm to ready to go. Club. I'm ready to go to a sushi restaurant, my right, Ellen? Oh, sushi, sushi yeah. restaurant. My therapist <laughs> thinks that people like. My therapist thinks that if there's still like uh, the isolation going on, he thinks people are just gonna go crazy and just start. There'll be like a first wave of people just running out and things just open. And he says like they'll see if that wave of people die. If they don't, right. other people, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> we'll start, hey, maybe I can go outside also. Uh, oh, right, right. Yeah. So, so Ellen, will, will you look at the thing. same way now? No, I mean, uh, I, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think I will. I'll definitely not. I have seen, I have seen girls performing at Tamori before at yes. parties. And, um, you have? Yes. So oh, I won't, I, I won't that. see that. The, the same way absolutely um no I mean I I've told Aaron like those were some of my toughest scenes because you yeah but I didn't know you've seen that in real life I actually didn't know yeah that. um it was this, this girl that I'd fallen in love with you know she was she was uh getting ready to be a, a human sushi platter at like some party <laughs> private party in the Hamptons right yeah she was doing her hair and stuff like japanese style or something i don't know it was very involved we've had a hair out remember like um was it gardell's used to do that um yeah we, we actually do, used to host parties with, with yeah in baltimore yeah, yeah. A couple fun rap parties those Back are always in the day, fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happens, after, what happens after the sushi <laughs> i think 
I Does think it put on the catering that, table for everyone yeah. to eat afterwards? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, let, I'll let Ellen answer that. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened to it. I, I think the girl, whoever it is, um, I, the one that I saw was kind of like an Adam and Eve situation. Um, I think they just get up and get out and everyone still eats all the sushi and has no questions about it. I wonder what, I wonder if that would happen post COVID. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. And Aaron's kind of a badass, like in the movie. Um, is that how, is that based on you in real life, Aaron? Like um, getting in fights and like protecting people? I've never gotten to a uh, physical fight in my life. Yeah? Okay. I've never pushed anyone like that. Now, have you ever? A good way of bullshitting? telling someone to fuck off. You have a good way. No, I've gotten into. I've. <laughs> it's true. I've shouted at people like, but not no uh, physical. Have you shouted at a Lyft driver before? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did shout at a guy uh, who claimed to be the manager at like some supermarket though at like 5 a.m. <laughs> situation. <laughs> I really, I actually, I saw like you know, like something like six hundred forty dollars in uh, change from my parents. <laughs> you know, living in the house, but they were collecting like twenty years of change. Right. I got manic and then like took the change in the middle of the night and then like went to the supermarket to go to the coin star. Right. I put it all in the coin star. By the time <laughs> when the ticket comes out, it says like you're owed like 600 something dollars from the cashier. Right. The cashier, the woman is like, oh, we don't got that kind of money. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, She's like, I got 60 in the register if you want. I'm like, no, I, I want 60. all of it. Like, where's the manager? And she like, <laughs> this other guy over. And he, he looks at my receipt and he goes, oh, we, we don't got that kind of money. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, and then I got into a, an art, like a, a very, you know, I was manic. And I also got very incensed. I was very, right. I was like, yeah. how dare you? He just started walking away from me. And then I was like yelling at him. Then I called my dad on the phone. And like screamed to my dad, like this fucking asshole walking me up. And my dad's like, where, where are you? What? <laughs> so, yeah. We we made a lift. We made it a uh, a lift uh, driver. I think it was funnier like that, but also we couldn't afford the supermarket um, location. So okay, okay. So did you actually get your money from the supermarket? It's a long story. Okay. <laughs> This film is really sounding um, biographical. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. The more that you tell us stories. The shit, the shit I've done in real life is actually a lot more, in, in a lot of cases, more crazy than what I did. Yeah. In the, because, like, in the movie, I only had 90 minutes to, like, explain things. In real life, it's it's it gets more complicated. So, you, so if I did anything more crazy, it was easier to understand where it's coming from. As opposed to like a 90 minute film where you have to yeah. like, you know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now so I want to talk a little bit. Of, okay. Good chat. Yeah. I did see you guys, you guys finished the film and then like, um, what was the process of actually getting that on um, Amazon prime? And, and, oh, and like, how long, like how long was that process of you finishing the film and getting it picked up on like a big platform like Amazon? Um, 
How long was it? Uh, it was, uh, Ellen? I don't know. I don't know. We, we, did, we, did, we did like 15 or 16 uh, film festivals around the country first. Okay. Um, and then we, in March 13th, was our opening in theaters in uh, New York. Um, so we were going to open in New York, and then we were going to open in in uh, L.A., March 20th. And March 27th, we were set to go in the top 40 markets around the country. Wow. In the, uh, AMC theaters and Regal theaters. and. Wow. Uh, Obviously, that didn't happen because of COVID. <laughs> right. So we decided oh. we didn't want to. We could have waited, you know, for a long time to to go back in the theaters, but we didn't want to lose momentum. So yeah. So we went straight to digital, and it's not only on Amazon Prime. We're like on at least like ten different platforms right now. Oh like, great. Yeah, it's, like, it's on everything. YouTube. Yeah. It's going on another thing that I'm not allowed to say, but it's going on yeah. a big thing. Um. It starts with an N. <laughs> I have no comment. Right. <laughs> and, and for no comment. Well, but, um, first of all, if you go to I the mention... website, if you go to the website, you can see like a link to every single platform. It's on. It's it's on at least like ten right now. That's great. That's cool. Yeah. Throughout throughout the website URL. Yeah. Oh, uh, inside the rain dot com. All right. All one word. Love it. Inside the rain, rain as it's as in it's raining, it's pouring. It's not the rain. <laughs> like like that very pivotal scene, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I gotta and I gotta say Rain of Terror. Rotten Tomatoes, eighty three percent critics and eighty one percent audience. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. You, got, you yeah. gotta be happy about that. It's inside the rain movie.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I say it wrong? Did you say inside the rain.com? Oh, I might have. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Inside, inside the movie. <laughs> inside the rain movie. Inside the rain movie. My bad. My bad. Yeah, inside yeah. Inside the movie.com. Okay. My bad. Yeah. No problem. I guess this is going in the spoiler territory, but can I talk a little bit about the ending? Uh, and, sure. And I'm kind of, I guess, a disclaimer for the listeners that, that are going to see this film. But uh, I guess the, the ending was. I was curious, uh, first of all, how how Ben recovered and is no longer see- seeking therapy and why. I was also curious about Emma's future because that wasn't kind of uh, delved into. If you could elaborate on that, Aaron. The question was, is, is he not seeking therapy? He's no longer seeking therapy. You ran into old, your old colleague. You're, you're no longer uh, seeking therapy or in the psych ward anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well... Um, I mean, it doesn't say in the movie, so you can really mm-hmm. make it up. But I, I always saw him as like he was still doing therapy with Dr. Holloway. And he just okay. doing better. But okay. just, but it's true. It's not stated in the movie that that that's necessarily true. So, I mean, you could always think of it another way. And um, the what was the second question? Uh, the future of Emma. The future of Ellen's character. <laughs> well, I don't know. They keep, I, like at film festivals, the Q and A's, people keep asking, "Is there a, like a sequel?" And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yes, and it's it's called Inside the Rain. Wetter is better. <laughs> and I'm like, it's gonna be so much fucking rain, you won't even know. Um, Not soon. But I I was joking about it, but I was actually thinking about it, and it's like it, it it's possible. Oh, good. It's That's possible good Emma would make a comeback. Possible that 
Uh, it couldn't be inside the rain without Emma. Right. I think yeah. Emma goes and she's she's needed that kind of a new kind of friendship to spur her on to the rest of her life. So I think she goes and starts a new life in LA. That's mm-hmm. what I always thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And aren't the uh, best films kind of nebulous at the end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess so. Yeah. That both. Yeah. Those are boring. You know, in the, in the earlier drafts of the of the script, they they do get together at the end. Oh. They did, and then like maybe like two oh. years into writing or two and a half years, uh, I realized that it no longer made any sense. Like it didn't feel organic anymore. Yeah. Right. So I was very I was very like I was you know, uh, heartbroken that my, that my character doesn't end up with uh, Emma. You know, sad. I, I felt a little, I felt sad, but I, I I realized that Ben's growth and the arc in the story and everything that leading up to it, it didn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Um, ben for Ben to to really grow and finish his arc in the story, he had to say, you know, this is not the right time for me. I I gotta I gotta get into a new school and work on stuff. I can't just drive with you to, to California right now. Which, you know, which was something I was going to do in real life. This girl I fell in love with, she was saying she was going to do photo shoots all around, all around the U.S. and drive me <laughs> uh, to California. And I was like, I- I'm down. And, and you know, I uh, <laughs> had met her, like, maybe, like, two weeks earlier or something, or three weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. I was already, I was, we were already down. Mm-hmm. The, th- the, third, the third official date, uh, I brought, brought her home to mom and dad. And my brother and my soon-to-be sister-in-law, who's uh, Roosevelt. <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of funny. It would be kind of funny because, like, my date was, like, a little literal prostitute. And my brother's uh, girlfriend was a, a Roosevelt, you know, great-granddaughter of Eleanor, FDR. I, I wow. It would be funny if it was, like, a conservative <laughs> family, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, everyone just got along, so it's fine. Awesome. But um, yeah, awesome. I loved, I love that, and I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting him because I was so into the movie to be like, I can't go with you. But I thought it was a fantastic message, you know. I know, I know. It's to me every time I watch it, I'm surprised. I'm like, don't yeah. be stupid, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And then you know, he has a year off to sort of be by himself, and then there's love in the end anyway. So yeah. I just thought it was. I thought it was really well done. Awesome. Yeah, when, when I realized that I was not having Ben and Emma end up together at the end, that end up together at the end. That's when I went back into the psych ward sequence mm-hmm. and I put the Lindsay character in yeah. and I put her at the end also to, um, to, to make it uh, more nebulous, I guess. Like, I'm, yeah. Nebulous like, is like Alan is saying. I love it. Wow. Aaron and Ellen. Wow. Thank you so much for being a part of this yes. below the belt show quarantine edition <laughs> of our show. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, uh, of course, uh, we love the film. Of course, you can check it out on Amazon Prime, YouTube, and all the platforms Apple that are on. TV, Vudu, um, oh, snap. Okay. Sling, Roku, Crackle to be announced soon. Um, <laughs> all these 
Prime Video, Microsoft. <laughs> it's, it's going on. It's going some on, on some other stuff that we can't list yet. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. But before we uh, let you guys go, um, if we could get a promo from both you guys, let us know who you are. Uh, throw out your character uh, from Inside the Rain and let us know that you're on Below the Belt Show. That would be amazing. Okay. Aaron, you want to go first? Okay. Okay, I can go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ellen Toland, and I play Emma Taylor on Inside the Rain, and I am on the Below the Belt Show, Quarantine Edition. I, my name is Aaron Fisher. Um, I wrote, directed, and played the lead role in uh, the movie Inside the Rain. And I'm on the show Below the Belt, which is great. And it's the quarantine edition. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so <laughs> awesome, much. Awesome, awesome. And uh, real quick before you go, any other last-minute projects or links or things to promote really quick? Yeah. Other than Inside the Rain. Um, I'm in this thing called Doomsday, if you want to check that out on Amazon. And oh, then, cool. uh, Yeah, and then there's The Chaperone and Ask for Jane are also on Amazon. Wow. Oh, sweet. Awesome. You're like the Amazon darling. Yeah, you can stay on Amazon and watch all, of, all your projects. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon and, likes me, I guess. Yeah, awesome. great. <laughs> and Aaron, what is next for you, Aaron? Um, it's too early to say, but I like you know, like a like a month or month and a half before the uh, pandemic, I ordered uh, 60 sci-fi novels from Amazon, just like kind of like impulsively. I was like sci-fi, and then I just went on, you know, and just bought all of them. Um, so I'm I'm going through those right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Maybe a future <laughs> sci-fi project for you. Ooh. Perhaps a uh, feature or TV show. I'm interested in writing. Uh, but you know, I just really want to immerse myself in the genre because I don't. Yeah, I think it's me. It might be like a year or two before I even write like a single word. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right. Awesome. Awesome interview, Ellen mm-hmm. and Aaron. That was amazing. Thanks so much for being a part of Below the Belt Show. Thank uh, you for having us. Y'all are lovely guys. You too. Have a good e- guys. Have a great Thanks. evening. Nice to meet you. Stay safe. Bye bye. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Wow, that was amazing, guys. Ellen yeah. Toland and Aaron Fisher from Inside the Rain on Amazon Prime. Amazing. Ellen's still hanging with us. Oh, I'm-, <laughs> I'm still here, too. Yeah, you, guys, you guys can talk news with us if you want. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Get off. Bye. 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 Pretty much at the end of my notes anyway, so um, we can just pretty much end. Oh, I hate to crash the party. No. No, this is pretty much all I had, other than (laughs) some more wrestling stuff. We always end with birthday shout-outs. If you want to throw them out, guys. Um, Harvey Keitel is 81 today. Really? 81? Yeah. Can you believe it? The wolf. um, Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Actress Zoe Wanamaker is 72. Uh, Stevie Wonder. 70. 70. Happy birthday, Stevie. Stephen Colbert of the League. That's, that's a living, yeah. living legend, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder is a very much a living legend. Yeah. And Stevie Colbert is a legend, uh, feature television legend for sure. Darius Rucker of Hootie is 54. Yay, love him. Yeah. Uh, actor Ian Rian from Game of Thrones. Ramsey Bolton himself, happy birthday, 35. 
Actress Lena Dunham of Girls is 34. The new Batman, Robert Pattinson, is 34. Wow. And the Twilight, the star of Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> Actress Candace Akala King from Vampire Diaries is 33. That's birthdays today, guys. Yay. Happy birthday, celebrities. Happy birthday. And of course, we always end with Chachi's classic cut. <laughs> Take yes, it away, do. Chachi. Announce the cut. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. Chachi. That's right. It's Chachi's classic cut once again. Um, and we were talking earlier about losing a legend in the music business. Oh, yeah, know. there was one I didn't announce, right, Chachi? Well, this one I'm talking about was Little Richard. Oh, you changed your cut. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you even mentioned earlier about his, um, probably his biggest hit, Tutti Frutti, yes. which was also covered by Mean Gene Oakland, which I was going to say for this. But this is definitely um, his biggest, um, I think his biggest hit. And, like, I think you're going to find out more from him, like, as time goes on. It's how influential he was on, you know, on Elvis and on, you know, so many other people who came after him who, um, you know, really helped um, define rock and roll. All right. So this is um, Little Richard, not not Johnny B. Bad. And not uh, B.G. Newkerlin's version. Right. This is a Little Richard version of... Tutti Fruity. Tutti Fruity, guys. <laughs> I love it. Womp, bump, loop, womp, bambo. All right, guys. Wow, what an incredible show from top to bottom. I'd like to thank, of course, Vanessa Meadows. That's right. Hey. Miss Squirtles herself. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> as usual. Guys, I'd like to thank, of course, Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s. Could it be our, our celebrity guests, Aaron Fisher and Ellen Tolan of the movie Inside the Rain. What a great interview, guys. InsideTheRainMovie.com. Check it out. Right. Check it out on Amazon or any other the 20 platforms they're on. <laughs> and, guys, I am Al Soto, your host with the most, guys. Inside the Rain promotion continues next week. Acting legend and the supporting actor in this film, Eric Roberts, will be on the Lebelcha, guys. Looking forward to that one, guys. Well, and um, all right, guys. Well, we will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Peace. <laughs> peace. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Know just what to do. I got a girl named Sue. She knows just what to do. She rock to the east, she rock to the west, but she's the girl that I love best. Do the food, home rude. Do the food, home rude. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. 
like a villain. Fire, 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 fire.